The Incomparable Renewed Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Omnibus Edition. We began this journey in June of 2011 when we watched a fine, fine film called Star Wars, sometimes called Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. We conclude it now, having watched what is, at least for now, the sixth and final Star Wars feature film, Star Wars Episode 3, colon, Revenge of the Sith. I believe I got the colon in the right place that time. I've gotten it wrong every time. The colon is all over this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So 2005's fine uh, film that exists. from. (laughs) uh, This is it. We're here. We're going to talk about Star Wars Episode 3 and then say no more about the prequels evermore. Joining me on this journey, as many, many of them have been here for the entire journey, and I will introduce them first. John Syracuse, hello. One to go, Jason. One to go. <laughs> Serenity Caldwell, hi there. This is the way liberty dies, Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dan Morin, hello. The Sith, they're revenging. Not good to be here. Our One of our stalwart prequels uh, visitors, Steve Lutz. What up, my young youngs? This is where the fun begins. <laughs> this is, is this where the fun begins? <laughs> I'm smirking the in, fun that, ends. in that sort of semi-constipated, semi-pedo way right now. Well, you know, Steve, you're so beautiful, but that's only because you're in love. This is the message of the tree of love. Wait, no, that's, that's a better movie. And also joining us is Andy Inotko. Hello. I just wanted to make sure it was really dead. <laughs> that's why I needed to watch this to the very, very end. Kill it with fire, Andy. Uh, Kill it with we're going to move the bodies and the headstones, not just the headstones. Nuke it from orbit. The only way to be sure. Mm. Oh, so, episode War! three, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I think we should start, as we always do, by asking if anybody has any opening <laughs> statements. John? As a matter of fact, I do. Probably, oh. This will perhaps be the, the last Star Wars opening statement, because am I going to have an opening statement about episode seven? Probably yes, you are, John. Of course you will. Yeah. Oh, well, like, we'll, we'll record it right after we watch it. I don't know if I'll... I, I, did, the, I did the math. I think we're probably going to have to do like 10 episodes about episode seven <laughs> in the span of about... We may do right. daily episodes in December. One of them might just be John Syracuse's opening statements episode, <laughs> just like that one. And then we'll move on to the conversations later. But... Yeah. I enjoy having a newsreel for episode seven. Yeah. This is your daily newsreel update of episode <laughs> right. seven. This is what John Syracuse feels about this on day five. Today. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, that's like, these movies have uh, existed for so long that it, you know, I can have opening statements about them because I've had a long time to think about it, but I don't know about episode seven. But anyway, here we go for this one. Um, so, final movies in a trilogy, they usually have a couple of advantages. I mean, most obviously, you're anxious to find out how it all ends, right? Uh, Episode three, of course, is undercut here by being part of a prequel trilogy. We all know how it's going to end. We know who lives. We know who dies. We know where everybody ends up. So that's kind of a a bummer for drama in this movie. Uh, The last movie in the trilogy also usually benefits from having the audience be familiar with and have some affection for the characters. Uh, episode three is undercut here by the previous two movies, sort of failing <laughs> to make these characters into real people that we actually care about. Uh, I think this is also compounded by the first movie using a child actor for Anakin, uh, which means we've only really had one movie with this version of Anakin. And also, by the way, thinking about this, it's kind of damning that the child Anakin and the adult Anakin seem like such completely separate characters. Like, I don't even connect them at all in my mind, and, and I don't yeah. like either one of them anyway. Nope. Um, well, there's a connection. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, episode three has none of these advantages that a final movie in a series usually has. And after two movies of treading water on the question that should be motivating the entire prequel trilogy, that is, how did the good man who was Luke's father become Darth Vader? It's going to be really hard for one movie to, pr- to provide a convincing answer for that, even in the best case. And given that this is the same group of people who brought us the first two prequels, this is not the best case. This is the worst <laughs> case. Uh, as I said on the episode two podcast... I initially held out hope that episode two would sort of learn from the lessons of episode one and take them to heart and rise above episode one to actually be a semi-decent movie. By the end of episode two, I had lost all hope and had begun to think of the next movie in the series under the title in which it is permanently filed away in my mind, Star Wars episode three. Let's get this over with. (laughs) So is it true that basically episode three is legless and armless on a lava flow while you hold out your hand and beg for it one last time to turn away from the dark side episode three was not supposed to be the chosen one (laughs) i knew it would not be the chosen one i knew from the very beginning i am picturing john yelling that though we were friends we were brothers All right, Jason, I've got an opening statement. All right. A minor opening statement. I know. I'm I'm breaking tradition here, but I'm going to do it. Because here's the thing that drives me absolutely insane about episode three is that there are hints of a potentially good movie here, which is to say, well, no, no, (laughs) hear me out. Opening Sorry. statement. Sorry. Um, She's played the, the opening statement gambit here where we can't stop her. (laughs) She has the opening statement. I know everybody's going to talk over me for like the second half of the podcast. Yeah, so I'm taking it now. I'm All taking right. it now. All right. So the first two movies are crap um, in a vo- wide variety of different ways that we have spoken of here. But in each of the first two movies, there are never scenes where I'm like, yeah, that almost kind of works. Pretty much every scene in the first two movies, I'm like, no, this is just this is just terrible. There's no there are no there's no potential redeeming factor here. The the thing that drives me crazy about episode three, especially watch rewatching it, I rewatched it tonight after having two thirds of the Clone Wars under my belt, uh, the Clone Wars animated series, is that there is the potential for power here in seeing how the Republic falls, not even seeing how Anakin becomes Darth Vader, but in seeing how the Republic falls, in seeing how Palpatine basically engulfs the entirety of the Senate, and uh, to a certain extent, seeing how Anakin falls. And there are little bits like there are there are bits of shining light in this movie, except as soon as the, the door starts to open and you you're like, maybe I'm in a good movie. It shuts closed. It's spe- like there are specific scenes, which I'll probably mention when once we go through the, the film where I'm like, oh, this actually has some emotional impact. Oh, I'm actually am I invested in this movie here? Am I actually feeling emotions? And then as soon as I, I get that sort of glimmer of like, oh, I'm actually invested in this movie, the movie reminds me just how happy it is again. And it, that that drives me so crazy. I'm like, oh, I can actually feel passion for it. No. Maybe no. Maybe no. And right at the end, no. No. <laughs> so, Do not want. Interesting. Side note to people who listen to the show live, we are opening the no drinking game. So you take one shot <laughs> or one beer every time someone makes the no joke. Have a lot of booze standing by. Yeah. I am I am so glad that I have a giant uh, bottle of whiskey here. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I am. Um, no. Uh, no. No. Drink. no drink. Social. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in, in conclusion, uh, every time I watch episode three, I get more and more frustrated because there could have been a good movie here. They did learn a couple of things from episode one and episode two. 
There are scenes in here that almost works. There is one scene that I think actually is perfectly sold in an otherwise terribly crappy movie. Um, and it just it, – it infuriates me, especially when we have something as good as The Clone Wars basically now preceding it. All right. Any other opening statements? Yeah, I got a quick one. I think I said at the tail end of the episode two podcast that you should be excited for episode three because this is the good one. Uh, <laughs> in case that wasn't abundantly clear, that was just a joke. And if you, <laughs> if, there is no good one. And if you accidentally thought that I was serious and there was a good one and you went and watched this film thinking that perhaps uh, that, that you would be in for a decent film, I am deeply and heartily sorry. Are you, is... are you revising your previous remarks about episode three? <laughs> I'm clarifying. It oh, should have I been see. obvious, but sometimes, you know, it's not entirely clear when I'm uh, not being serious. So, sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Dan? Uh, I was going to mention, so I, I saw this movie in the theater in 2005, which I realize is, is now 10 years ago. Yeah. I have not seen it since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot at the time, as people have alluded to, it was kind of held up like, all right, may- maybe this one will finally be good. Uh, if any, again, like Steve said, if anybody is laboring under that misapprehension, I would contend perhaps they have not seen this movie in a while. Uh, in some ways, episode one, you know, has the the harshest time of it because it was the one that was expected. By this point in the prequel trilogy, the bar has been set. <laughs> so episode one, I think, in, in contrast with episodes two and three, in some ways doesn't do as badly, you know, in the with the benefit of hindsight. Because without all that hype building it up over all those years, it's merely a really crappy movie, uh, <laughs> as opposed to being like a travesty. Uh, episode three, I don't think necessarily has that. Uh, it was not helped in any way by that because, you know, by the time it came out, we had experienced two really crappy movies. So if I had to pick one of all three of these movies to be the best, I would actually stab myself because that is preferable. Uh, <laughs> none of these are good. <laughs> Um, so I will Strong argument. I will just say um, that I agree that the Clone Wars TV show is, shows a great example of how this same thematic story could be told much better. Uh, and I will be glad to see the end of this entire trilogy and look forward to wiping the slate clean. <laughs> I also have an opening statement. Okay. Oh, my God. Everybody, this is this is the opening statement the segment. Part is two will include conversation, but this is the opening statement episode. We'll record that at a later please, date. Please though. go ahead, Andy. Well, I just uh, as a teaser for a comment that might come late in the show, I have one very real reason to be grateful to episode three. But let's leave that as a teaser for for, for later. I will say that I semi enjoyed episode one because I thought it had a really great ending, not just the fact that it ended, and. <laughs> Knowing that there's going to be two more movies after this, and this is just setting the stage, I had faith through episode two, saying that, well, this is – it's episode two, so it, it's the middle part of a trilogy. It has to carry a lot of water for the entire trilogy and set up the finale. But the finale – I'm reminded of a of a joke from PDQ Bach. If you're not familiar with PDQ Bach, that's a, a for real composer who keeps pretending to keep discovering lost works from a really bad Baroque composer. And he says, every time we discover a new piece by PDQ Bach, it's always with a great sense of anticipation because we feel like this new piece can't possibly be as bad as the others that we found. And nonetheless, and so, but it, it comes, it, 
and there's a t- there's a there's a point in the car crash where you're just gonna have to find some good to say. It's like, well, I've never had an airbag deploy before. It might be an interesting experience <laughs> to talk about later. You may as well buy the third ticket. I don't think it was as bad as I, I, I'm like Dan. Like I think this is, must be the third time I've seen the movie Lifetime, which is incredible to for me to say about a Star Wars movie. It's not as bad as five years of hearing people talk about the movie has set me up for, but it was still pretty not great. Just to add to one thing that Andy's point about like not having seen a long time, I just realized I saw episode one in the theater in the first twenty four hours more time than more times than I've seen this in ten years. <laughs> it's Ditto. telling. It's telling. Yeah, it is. I can't. I can't remember any of this. Like I couldn't remember half the scenes from this movie, and that should tell you something. I remember the. Um, I've only seen this movie. This is the third. Second and a half time I've seen this movie because I attempted to watch this, I want to say, in 2007 when I was stuck in Ithaca for a summer. And I, had, I watched the entirety of the Matrix trilogy and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to get through the prequels. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I've recalibrated my sensor to zero by seeing the entire Matrix trilogy. Yeah. I can now yeah. reevaluate. <laughs> Oh, I was just like, you know what? The Matrix trilogy, deeply flawed, but, you know, at least watchable when you're stuck in a basement. Um, <laughs> Were you being held that hostage? Was on, that was, yes. in fact, on the back of the box. <laughs> did, 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 your, did your father owe the mob some money or something? Unlike the prequels, the Matrix uh, trilogy does contain a good movie. Yeah, it does mm. contain one good movie. But one and, then, and a half, arguably, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, I'm like, I have nowhere else to go. My car is broken. I'm just going to, I'm going to watch terrible movies. I could not get through 10 minutes of this film. The only way I got through it tonight was by watching it at 2x speed, which, by the way, I actually recommend if you're ever going to watch the prequels again. Interesting. I, too, have an opening remark. Uh, I know. it's. Wow. I, I thought this would be totally crazy for the host to have an opening statement, but then everybody did an opening statement. Uh, John Syracuse has started a tradition, apparently. My my opening statement, I, like Dan, I want to say I have only seen this movie before yesterday. Only seen it once. I saw it in the theater. I actually saw it in the theater in Boston, Massachusetts, where I was before <laughs> the last, I want to say, Macworld Expo. I don't know if the 2005 uh, Macworld Expo was the last one in Boston, but anyway, I was there for that, and uh, I had a free day and episode uh, three came out so i watched it and then never watched it again and i think that is i don't know whether that's a commentary on the movie or on the prequels being kind of this obligatory thing that leads to um like well i gotta see them all but then once they're done i don't need to see them again but i've revisited episode one and even episode two since a few times but episode three never i don't know what that means my my big statement we will definitely talk about this some more is i want to mention the plight of the character of Darth Vader. I refer you to Darth Vader as the character from the original trilogy, not the character of Anakin Skywalker who assumes the uh, the name Darth Vader midway through episode three. Well, because he's randomly assigned that name from apparently out of a hat. I, well, you know, um, <laughs> Tyrannus... The pet was Vader. The name of the, the street grew up on was Darth. told him. Tyrannus and Plagueis... And uh, Insidious, I mean Sidious, and the rest were taken. So the next one in the in the uh, like Thesaurus is Vader, I guess. Is there a Darth Gumdrop over there, or did they just always just go to that same section of the dictionary? Darth for, Gumdrop for Darth was names? not the most successful Sith. It turns out he Darth bad was. stuff was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Darth fighty guy. So <laughs> I, I mentioned Darth Vader because I feel like one of the core problems with that I have with this movie and with the entire prequel trilogy is. 
it's hard for me to connect the Darth Vader we see in the original trilogy with this character. And this character not only does not end up in a place that I feel really connects to where Darth Vader is in the in the original trilogy, but more to the point, I feel like the fall of Anakin Skywalker does not map to who at who either Darth Vader is in the original trilogy or who I choose to believe Darth Vader is in the original trilogy. And I think that's a fundamental problem with the prequels that is the fundamental problem with episode three. So that's my bingo. By which you mean he's not played by James Earl Jones or... James Earl Jones is in there. I just, I, I will, will, I think we'll talk about it more, but I feel like Anakin's descent as we go through it um, is not uh, uh, fitting of where Darth Vader ends up. Because it's really dumb. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not sensible Vader. in any way. Darth Vader is awesome and evil. And um, Anakin Skywalker is just kind of a chump. But I will say, <laughs> as evil as, as Vader is in the original trilogy, I had not envisioned him uh, slicing up a bunch of kids in yeah. the prequel trilogy. So. Well, that's to show that he's really evil, Steve. Otherwise, he wouldn't know. I don't like I- it. I would like to think that Anakin makes a series of terrible choices to take the cheap and easy way towards whatever, as opposed to <laughs> no, no, he was he was just easily he was just very easily bamboozled by he's an a old sucker. Guy. He's a sucker. He's he's not that bright. No, yeah, he's not he's that just, bright. Despite being the chosen one, handsome but not that bright. You know, in Spaceballs, when they're like, "Because good is dumb," it turns out that <laughs> evil is also is dumb. dumb. <laughs> All right, should we um should we recap? This movie no, should no, I let's should I kick go. it off? Let's All right, go here. home. War. Here we go. Let's War. Go. That's my first <laughs> yeah. line too. What is uh, yeah, it good that for? Was mine too. Huh? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. At least it doesn't say taxation this time. Right. It, 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 one lesson. They learned their lesson. Make it exciting. Make <laughs> yeah, the let, opening scroll exciting. What's exciting? Hey guys, it's war. It's time we go to war. Negotiations. <laughs> nothing is more exciting than an exclamation point, and we get one right off the bat. Heated debate. You got to give it to them. They got they got the uh, exclamation point in there. I I was going to say about this. The thing that bugs me about this is like one of the like second lines or something is there are heroes on both sides. And I was like, are there? Are there? They they undercut the war. The other side is evil. The evil side doesn't get heroes. Those are called villains, George. They're villains. (laughs) Right. Like they 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 got it off with the war and then immediately sabotage themselves with their heroes on both sides. Like, wait, what? Like. Can't we just have a single black and white? It's a cool war where everyone's awesome. Watching this, did you get the sense that like some of the people working on this were working off the script with the salmon pages, and the other people were working off the, off the script with the blue pages, <laughs> and other people working off the script with the yellow pages? It's a bit jumbled, isn't it? Yeah, but my confusing thing for me is are, is is this does this scroll think that the people reading the scroll don't know that Palpatine is Darth Sidious? The whole you know, movie, the whole trilogy is kind of predicated on that, and yet the whole trilogy is predicated on people not really realizing that, which is transparent from the beginning. Right, but like, it's oh, yeah. the third movie, and they're saying like, oh, pa- Chancellor Palpatine was kid, like, we're oh, all, no. like, isn't, isn't the scroll talking to the audience? We know that he's Sidious, like, why are you pretending? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's the weird thing that you kind of learned from the, the Clone Wars thing, not to drink, drag too much of that into it, but like, nobody else, aside from like, Count Dooku knows that Darth Sidious and Chancellor Palpatine are the same person. So like, General Grievous, in theory, does not know that. Which would make that interesting, but it's not communicated in the movie anywhere. It is not. Nor nor are we really dealing with the fact... Like, Palpatine in this movie and Palpatine throughout the Clone Wars could have been perceived as, you know that Jedi mind trick that you see in the original series where the weak wills can be controlled by somebody with a stronger mind? Turns out that's Palpatine's big power, is that he can control people who should not 
otherwise be able to fall under the control of Jedi mind tricks. And if you assume that, a lot of things seem more interesting. That would work a lot better. Yeah, if it were discussed anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Or if he could do that to the audience. If I didn't have to invent it whole cloth. That's that's such a sign of a movie that's not working when you find yourself writing a better movie in its place. <laughs> and I was doing that so often during this movie. Yes, and that's yeah. what frustrates me. So the the crawl suffers from a lot of the same problem as the rest of the writing in this script, which I will call declarative sentence disease, which is to say every single line of dialogue is, I want this, this is that, that is this, and it's like... All right, so we don't know how to write. I am excited to have another big villain introduced in The Crawl that we neither know nor care about. (laughs) Indeed. For the third movie in a row. Indeed. Uh, Also, why do the droids need a a droid leader? He's only partially droid, Steve. Not that you would know that. Yeah, I know. His eyelids are organic. Which is also unclear. His wheezing lungs, his heart, and his eyes Yes, George, why does this robot have emphysema? Can you explain (laughs) that? You would know that if you saw the Clone Wars animated series. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, haven't you watched you everything? You can't count the Clone Wars animated series. It was clearly made by better people than this film. It's okay that we don't know why he wheezes. I said we didn't know why Darth Vader was all breathy in his mask in New Hope. We were well, fine with it. It is confusing because it's like, is he a droid or a cyborg or a person? Because is why he would a, a dro- Jedi? Why, why yeah. would a droid cough? Well, there's a difference between breathing and coughing. Yeah, the, <laughs> there's there is. <laughs> Great, the, let's go into that. The lar- the larger point is that, um, like uh, with Count Dooku. We are introduced to a major villain in the movie uh, with the crawl, which is stupid, and that also we have the uh, the inciting action of the movie is the kidnapping of the Chancellor, which also, of course, happens in text in the crawl rather than seeing anything. So, so this kind of keys into the word that comes to my mind most when thinking about this movie, and that is unearned. Which is to say, all these things that happen are unearned. So, for example, we get, like, the Jedi showing up to rescue Palpatine, and Grievous is like, General Kenobi, we meet again. And we're like, we don't know anything about Like, we have no context for that whatsoever. Like, that does not exist. So they're trying to bring up this sort of, like, oh, they've had this game of cat and mouse, and they're, like, these antagonists and nemeses. And it's like, but that's unearned because we don't know anything about that. We're just told that it exists. And in some cases, not even told that it exists, left to infer it. So there's a lot of clumsiness because a lot of stuff that we're sort of assumed to have known things. This this movie has a problem with having a lot of text, no subtext, and then like all this stuff it assumes you know, which is not subtext. It's like getting back to my opening statement where like if you if you had two movies, this is the last movie. You've got to care about these characters, but you can't have an opening a movie that opens with a set piece with a battle. Unless it's involving, hey, it's your old friends again. Like, I mean, opening Return of the Jedi, it's your old friends, you know, they're trying to get Han out. Why do you care about Han? Because there was two other movies. Why do you care about the people <laughs> rescuing him? Because there was two other yes. movies. Like, As opposed to, oh, it's these two assholes. Right. Like, you can't, like, that's, it, you can't, I mean, it's not such a bad idea to have an opening set piece with a space battle, but if it opens and you're like, I don't care about any people in the space battle, I don't, I don't care about what they're doing, I don't care about what's at stake, I don't care about, like, it's just... it's so hard to make a good third movie when the first two were so terrible, unless you're going to somehow make me love these characters. Like you have to start, you're starting from zero, which is terrible. How can you start a third movie from zero? Yeah. And so here, not to talk about the clone wars too much, but I, but I am going to bring it up because I feel like it's relevant to this movie. I do kind of feel that a lot of what was done in the clone wars was Lucasfilm and probably Lucas to a lesser extent realizing, Hey, we have the potential for like, 
interesting things to happen in this movie, but we don't have anything set up. But no one cares. There's no there's no conflict. There's no real resolution. There's no excitement. So how about we fill in five seasons of backstory to make people actually care about those characters? And like, I really do think there's a difference watching the third film with knowledge of all of the things that happened in the Clone Wars and watching the film as most of us did in the theater when the Clone Wars didn't exist. Because I like I I feel like a lot of things like, oh shoot, hey, let's uh you wanna make the Order 66 a much bigger betrayal, skipping, you know, just minor spoilers here. Hey, how about we make it Commander Cody that sets everything off? Just to f with people. When you're watching this the first time, you're like, uh that that who's who the f is Commander Cody? I don't care. I'm sorry, I'm swearing like <laughs> left and right here, but I feel like it's important. <laughs> but yeah, like this will make a great uh special edition <laughs> later. I was I was kind of a okay with some of these appearances of some of these characters because you can get too bogged down by saying well everything has to have a four page long backstory to it with one of these Darths really all he needs you just need Dougie McBad guy he's the guy who's going to fight (laughs) (laughs) Obi-Wan making sure that he's got something distracted so he can't be with Anakin at a time when he's going to be very very vulnerable I don't really I, I, I think it was a clumsy thing to have so we meet again for the last time for the first time but it's like really that character's all about well what if we make what if we have like a mostly robotic Sith Lord that's got like eight arms and 41 attached for his lightsabers and they'll go all spinny and stabby sold don't even waste time on on giving me his i don't know i don't need to know what school he went from just show me the spinny stabby lightsaber guy yeah the biggest problem uh for things that are left out is the same one that it was for episode two which is that there's this supposed rapport and this brother brotherhood between obi-wan and anakin and there are all these great adventures they've gone on and and fixes that anakin's gotten obi-wan out of and we hear about them and they sound really cool, but we don't get to see that. We get to see them talk about it in like short little clips. They sat on couches a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. We saw that. They were, we were on the couch together. We were in a room and someone was talking. <laughs> I remember that. There was two movies of that. Oh, times. those were good times. Those are great times. Oh, that couch on Zeta Two Reticuli doesn't count, Padawan. <laughs> that was an Ottoman. So basically, this is about the the corruption of Anakin and occasional seating. Yeah. Well, we go back to the what made the original trilogy successful. The original trilogy had many of these same problems where it's like we don't you know, we we are to assuming that these people had these adventures and these people are fighting, you know, the rebellion in between movies and all of this crazy stuff has happened. But the rapport on screen is so good that we believe it. Yeah. The difference is that interesting things happened in those movies, too. No interesting things happened in these movies. They were not sitting on the couch. They did not get eaten or attacked by a wampa. All of the interesting things happened when we left the theater and went away for a year or two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when a movie is working, you don't notice these things. It's true. That's the difference between working and not working. It's true. Although, again, with a third movie in 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 a series, as John said, you can use the momentum that you've built up to do shorthand, to get the audience invested. And if you had any momentum. If, and that's the problem here, is that we, General Grievous is a blank. Count Dooku, at least we remember him from the last movie, but he's... He's, he's barely did anything in the last movie, though. And he doesn't last long in this <laughs> and movie. And he doesn't so. last no, long in this movie, and there's this other coughing robot that's happening with lots of collected lightsabers. Um, and so and so we don't see... Yeah, we, we, we don't have any of that momentum to use here, which is which is part of the problem. 
Plus, plus, we know they're going to rescue the bad guy, which means we know that this is all a there's sham. No sta- yeah, there's which no means stakes. that the fund. I think the root problem of George Lucas deciding this was entirely going to be a story about how Palpatine conned everybody from the first, you know, ten minutes of of the Phantom Menace, referring to Palpatine, essentially setting this thing up. This is the problem: is that it's all a sham. And so, as a viewer, I'm like, well, yeah, they're going to go save. Palpatine, but it's all a setup. So, you know, I, I don't even have a rooting interest like I do of like, yeah, they're going to save Han. That's good. We like Han. It's like, oh, they're going to go save Palpatine because it's a con. Right. It's a fundamentally, the problem with this is it's fundamentally lazy because it's relying on the fact that we, oh, you guys all loved episodes four, five, and six, right? Well, we're going to tell you the untold stories of how all that came around. But it turns out that we're just going to connect the dots in the most linear, unsurprising way that we can think of just to get, we're literally here to get from point A, Anakin Skywalker is a little kid, to point B, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. There are no surprises thrown in. Well, and there's no there's no sense of it. Like, everyone in it has, has to be a dunce, like, for it to work. It's, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Everyone has to look stupid. There's nothing clever going on. It does, after the fact, you know, during it doesn't feel true. After the fact, if you examine it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it is the worst. That's why, you know, Jason said that he has difficulty connecting this Vader with the, the Vader from the original trilogy. In some ways, that's a blessing that I, these movies don't connect for me in any way. But, like, <laughs> that just shows, like, you haven't actually explained how we got there. Those movies start. Everything that's in place in those movies is not explained by these three movies. These three, when these three movies end, if I extrapolate forward from these three movies, it does not look like the original trilogy. Like, it just doesn't look like that. It doesn't make any sense. I think these guys are all losers. Everybody's stupid. The Jedi are stupid. <laughs> it, Palpatine, like... Well, they're not, they're not necessarily stupid. The, the, one, of the, one of the many failings of this trilogy is that they never make you think about how brilliant this plan to basically get rid of <laughs> no, the Republic no. and establish the Empire is. No, it re- it re- yeah. the, the, idea, the idea that I'm going to slowly gain power, I'm going to basically create my own set of troops that are, that are going to be like the heroes that defend everybody. People are going to think that we've got these Jedi that are actually commanding these troops. We're actually we're just dispersing the Jedi to make sure that they're going to be overwhelmed by 30, 30 clone troopers when I need to get them all out of the way. Potent, and again, this is, I admit this is a case of you're bored watching this terrible movie, so you're writing a better movie in its place. But it was potentially a really good plan. They just never – because they, they would rather, much rather have us, have us believe that Anakin is this moony-eyed teen tiger beat like, oh, isn't it so tragic and dusky that he's being turned this way to save the life of his love? It's like, no, that's I don't buy that either. The problem is that to Lucas in this particular Connect the Dots game, what's important to him is the dots and not the connection. Connections between them. We have to have the Chewbacca yeah. dot in this movie. We've got to show Chewbacca right. somewhere. And the political science, I would say, which you know, like I said, is oh, one of the root problems gosh. here. Is that is that uh, it, it, in fact, as political science, it's bad political science because what he's it really is. doing is telling a rise of Hitler allegory. The idea with all of these rises of dictators is everybody goes along with it because it's a gradual slide. It is the parable of the frog and the gradually boiling pot of water. You know, the what ends up happening is you turn around one day and you realize, oh my god. We turned into an empire, but that's not what happens. This because that first off, that wouldn't be a very exciting series of science fiction action movies. I suppose it would be boring political science, but this is already boring political science. So what we get is taxation all, again. If you had asked me at the beginning, what's the trilogy going to be about? I'd be like, it's going to be about a kid who's brilliant 
and he's going to and and as the the light of the jedi is fading and the light of the uh of the uh the the emperor he is on the rise he's torn between these two the fading good guys and the rising bad guys and he makes some bad decisions that end him in a really deep dark place because along with the whole galaxy right instead what we get is well it's really a story about a dictator tricking everybody so that he can rise to power that is really what george lucas thinks these movies are about right and i would argue take a step further and argue that that you know even if that's what you thought the movies were going to be about anakin's fall uh i would argue that they shouldn't have been i think because it's really as we're going to see later on in this movie it becomes really hard especially in a star wars movie which even if it gets dark is still supposed to be sort of an adventure romp well, that's, that's to true. sympathize mm-hmm. with a character who is going to do terrible things really this story in my mind and andy is totally right you're writing a better story as you go along should be about obi-wan's hubris well it's right? it's it's the counter uh <laughs> counterpoint of obi-wan and, and and Anakin, right. right, is ideally the story here is that one of them is this person who is who has always dreamed of being a Jedi, but the Jedi are fading out, which is part of my problem with this, by the way, is that in the original trilogy, you get the sense that the Jedi have been fading away, where it's right. like, well, no, it was more of a lightsaber to weigh in about 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, people have um, already more or less forgotten about the Jedi by the time of episode four. Yeah, that, yes, we've covered this yeah. before, that everyone just forgot <laughs> Jedi. I'd never what? seen anything. No. Like Han has never seen Jedi. What is this crazy religion mm. you're talking about? The Jedi are not allowed to be spoken of. They were, uh, they were expunged in the pogroms exactly (laughs) and then the counterpoint is obi-wan who's basically soldiering on and and yoda i suppose soldiering on everything's falling apart what is the last thing we have and the last thing we have is to get us set up for these kids and that and it's sort of like i have to retreat everything is sad but i'm going to find a way through so that there's a glimmer of hope for the future a new hope in the future, right? And that's not what we get, though. But the Again. problem is that <laughs> fundamentally what happens is that every single important thing that goes on, every single piece of important character development that happens, to Steve's point about not connecting the dots, the problem is that the rationale for every single thing from Anakin's fall to the fall of the Republic is it happened because the script said so, Well, <laughs> right? There's no, there is no connection. There is nothing there. And it is, to a tangential point about the people forgetting about Jedi, I was hu- hugely amused to watch a recent episode of Star Wars Rebels, which is quite entertaining and people are talking about jedi like ah yeah those guys are fairy tales i'm like it's been 15 years it just, it just this is like if you forgot about like oh yeah so seal team six right those guys are just a myth because that happened like 10 years ago were the jedi secret agents well if you weren't involved in a border dispute i could see how you would not have run across uh, them at any fair time. enough well, I mean, if you think about it, if you're talking about outer rim planets, right? You've probably never seen a Jedi again, unless there's a border. Uh, they, they need the internet. They're con- no, they're considered the mythical, the mythical saviors of the galaxy, right? And then if you also put the Jedi in the Jews situation, if we're making a <laughs> World War II allegory, let's do it. Like, no, oh, I'm God. serious. Like, you put them, you put them into the slot, into the the Jedi Jews slot, and you think about it, it's probably <laughs> yes, t-shirt. That is a slot Mark Tedford's a t-shirt design. <laughs> please, please, the term is Judaize. <laughs> Oh, boo. Uh, all right. But all right. You t- you take that hypothesis. The Empire is probably like, we don't want to hear about Jedis. We don't want Jedis mentioned. We don't- So if you grew up in that era, you're not going to talk about Jedis. You're not going to hear about Jedis because it's basically a taboo topic. It's a topic that you get arrested on. But even taboo topics, people know about them. They know. They, they know. Right. 15 they really years know. is not long enough. 
they're not legends at that point, right? They're 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 memory that that people talk about, and it's it's not like faded. They eventually would fade into a legend, but again, that would be after fifty years or yeah, fifty years. or hundred years later. That's one thing. Fifteen years later, like I'm pretty sure people even on the far rim of the galaxy would still believe that those are actual things that existed somewhere. Yeah, and John, you mentioned on the talk show Star Wars episode about this this point that when Han Solo is talking to Obi Wan and Luke. He's like talking about the Jedi like they're just a rumor of a crazy thing that happened a hundred years ago. Yeah, he's right. been all over the galaxy, seen a lot of strange things. He's never seen anything that convinced him that Jedi that the Force even exists as a thing. Like, I mean, he was alive when the Jedi were around, and he, you know, they had a whole big temple on the the, the main planet of the Empire. Right, whole big building. He's never seen anything. He just, Dome, yeah, he, conference room. He's, he's a he's a Jedi denier. He's a Force denier. <laughs> It's a really effective disinformation campaign. Uh, We don't want a Star Wars movie where we can't root for the guy where we feel, you know, where he's going to do terrible things. I think you can. You just have to understand why he's doing the terrible things. That's the whole thing. If if your main character is going to do terrible things and it's going to end up becoming evil, you want to feel like, boy, that's terrible, but I kind of see why, where he was coming from. Sure. And again, yes. I keep bringing up the Godfather movie yeah. where he does all sorts of horrible things. Like, Instead of, this is the dumbest person in the universe. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Is- because you have to be like, you, you, he makes bad choices, but you can totally understand where he's at emotionally and why, why like, it's a difficult choice. Like, And then in this movie, you watch it and it's like, no sane person would make that choice. And so you can't empathize with him at all. And so now it's not that you're seeing him do bad things. You're seeing him do bad things inexplicably. And you're like, well, this guy's just uh, nuts. They shortcut it too, right? Because the murder of small children is like, oh, there's nothing more evil than the murder of small children. That'll convey to everybody he's evil. There's no real reason to do that, though. Yeah, they could have had yeah. him kick puppies. Like Puppies and kittens would come on the screen and he would stomp them <laughs> with his foot. See? Huh? Pretty evil. Now I'm turning to Darth Vader for some reason. <laughs> yep. Let me Let me kill some kids. That makes sense. Young youngs are worse. Of all, of all the people in that temple, you want to go against people who are your age, who are just as skilled and trained. If there's some uh, apprentice Jedi's who are about half your height, one third your weight, and barely are trusted <laughs> with a sword, that's if I got to kill Jedi's, that's who I'm going for first. Okay. Oh, you're a fearsome Jedi. The, those babies are traitors. They're traitors exactly. to the Republic, Andy. Yeah, those they, kids. They are... know about politics. Well, you don't want the little dudes running around chopping at your knees while you're fighting uh, somebody else. <laughs> those kids were definitely old enough to vote, by the way. Plus, they they park they park their bikes in your parking spot, no matter how many times you tell them not to. Did you see that teenage Jedi fighting off all those clone troopers? It needed to die. He gave me lip too. Had a real attitude. I believe that was George Lucas's son, actually. <laughs> so so the the crawl the crawl <laughs> to the crawl. We're an hour in, and we've gotten to the crawl. Okay, we, we've we've covered we've co- covered a lot here. I, I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention some things that happened, and then we can go from there. The, again, Palpatine is kidnapped off screen. We we do see early X wings and Tie fighters, and I wanted to use that as a jumping off point to briefly discuss the fact that there is an attempt made by somebody in the art department to tie mm-hmm. this movie in yep. with. A New Hope. This this is very clear that they are trying very hard. So we get early uh, ships that look very much like X-Wing, ships that look like TIE fighters, but aren't quite there yet. We see uh, there are cinnamon rolls on the side of Padme's head <laughs> that are very Leia-like. And then late in the movie, we see Jimmy Smith's traveling on a ship with white interior that looks very much like the ship at the beginning of A New Hope. So there are it is attempts. The ship. I think it, it is is, right is it yeah. officially yeah. the same ship? Uh, the Tandavi 4, I think it is. Ship? 
Yeah, because it's Captain Antilles. Oh, right, because they give they yeah. give C three PO to him and have him have have him wipe have his, his memory. memory yeah, there, wiped. There's a bunch of those things I noticed. Subtler uh, in the the displays in the Jedi's fighters look exactly like the display in Darth Vader's Tie Fighter in Episode Four. The little circular like targeting thing is the uh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same display as well. So they they tried, but it's kind of ham fisted in some places. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like in, in the same way that I really like the the music in these movies, I think the the designs for the things are actually really good. I like the designs of the proto-Star Destroyers. I like the proto-X-Wings. The, the Jedi fighters are a little bit dorky. I kind of see what they're going with. But like, I, I think the the sort of mecha designs, to use the anime term, in, in the entire prequels, for the most part, are pretty good. I mean, I don't really like the droids from the prequels. I don't really like most of the robots, but the ships are all pretty good. The ships are pretty good. Hard to make an uncool starship. It was really interesting to see how they will do like computer displays, knowing that they have to make it look that the, like this was twenty years before the technology yeah. that we <laughs> before saw before nineteen seventy seven. That was able exactly like we have we have to do cat we have to do Nixie tubes somehow in here and make it look like it's a real thing. I love that the evolution somewhere out there is like no no these these multi purpose LCD displays these aren't the most useful way to display information. Blinking lights arranged yeah. in a console. CRTs should really evolve from LCDs. That's vector much graphics. smarter when you think but about it. You know what? Graphics. There was a terrible war. I'm sure LCD panels are in short supply. They just have to use old technology. Maybe it's all Adafruit stuff where you, know, you, you just buy one of these old panels, hook it up to, to a Raspberry Pi. The first time through, and maybe the second movie too, it was all about, look, what we can do state-of-the-art. This movie, it definitely feels like the in-the-art direction, like John said, in-the-art direction, um, <laughs> this movie is about hinting at the original trilogy and hinting especially at episode four that they, there is an effort made and I, yeah i think it's cool i think it's cool that suddenly you're like hey wait a second he's flying a ship that looks kind of like darth vader's tie fighter and those look like x-wings and 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 there there's the superstructure of the death star but i actually really liked the the uh the freighter which uh, which i guess yeah or the 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 um the the ship that antilles is on um, and, and, uh, yeah, Jimmy Smith's is on. I like that because it's like, Hey, we're back where we started. Right. I, I liked seeing that. It's the same problem as Darth Vader where it's all shoved into the last movie though. Well, yeah. It's like, we didn't build towards that. Nope. We're like, we got to the no, third movie and we're not. like, Oh crap. We well, forgot to mention these connect. <laughs> That's the that's this whole movie is this which is like oh geez we squandered two yeah. movies and now we got to put it all in here all right this is the last yeah. season of Lost squished into one two an hour and twenty minute film <laughs> I, th- I was gonna say like two I was gonna say it was like George minutes. George Lucas's term paper is due the next day and he's like crap I gotta finish this all no. in three hours <laughs> he didn't say crap Dan he said no. I will say do we see the um do we see the proto empire um imperial uniforms anywhere else but the last scene because that definitely felt out of nowhere all all of a sudden the tailor said quick get those get those outfits whipped up we need them for the final scene i know i'm like you guys have epaulets and everything else i'm like you you had a whole planet of tailors putting together (laughs) outfits throughout this entire scheme he does because palpatine has the imperial guards the red guys are like ready to go you know if if obi-wan had asked dexter jetster about a planet full of tailors (laughs) tailors then he probably would have told him about that. that's right you gotta admire palpatine's uh plotting not only does he raise that clone army but he does have new uniforms ready to go he sews them all himself that man well, is well it's, it's, it's like opening a restaurant you do a soft launch just to get the bugs out and then you open the doors for the for the for the for the, for the galaxy all right we're wearing these gray things now yes yes 
All right. <laughs> he's got the outfits and he's got the people to wear them. Boss, Good morning. Are, are you, you going to tell us what these chiclets on our chests actually mean? Or, nope. okay, no. It's, it's a style thing. Who cares? Thing that, that's we got team uniforms. Mm-hmm. It's a style thing. That 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 was I, I I remember I distinctly remember in the theater watching episode three and the the point where I kind of gave up on the movie was oh so not only are we seeing Wookies we are absolutely seeing Chewbacca, Chewbacca here yes and it's yeah. just, and it's not like it's not as though that he just like accidentally showed up in episode four with no connection anything oh, okay got a got a wink to the audience I have a note to that Andy effect to, to that effect which reads Chewbacca meets Yoda this sounds like somebody's fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you know that apparently in an earlier draft of the movie there was supposed to be a ten year old Han Solo as well on Kazook? Yeah. Oh. On Kazook, right. sorry, Kazook. Because Kazook. that makes I have a lot of sense. It's it's like it's it really is. Oh, at some point, like they wanted, they came up with a master list of everything we liked about the Holy Trilogy and decided to throw sand on every gear in those mechanisms. It's yes. important. Well, and the Wookies they avoided ruining the Wookies until this film, and then they managed. <laughs> thanks, it. thanks, guys. <laughs> A brave, a brave warrior race. They were the one among the last to fall. <laughs> so I, I agree that I like the ship design in this movie. What I dislike is the way that we are introduced to the ship designs, which is that at the beginning of every single scene, there is a CGI establishing shot of some sort of landscape, and we get to see this ship swoop in from the side, and we yeah. see a close of it for for sometimes as much as thirty five minutes. I actually, <laughs> uh, not thirty five, thirty five seconds. It but it like, feels no, like it felt like minutes. felt like thirty five minutes though. I actually went through all the 50 chapter stops on my DVD, and of those 50, 22 of them start off with one of these sweeping CGI shots. Well, it just goes to the same point about laziness. This entire movie is lazy from step one. The shots are very static. They're the same. All the dialogue is very much the same. Like, it's just, they just, they just kind of pounded it out in like a weekend. But these shots, they do nothing but show off the visual effects. They even took me started about the fight choreography. The fight choreography is terrible. Yeah, to your point about visual effects, as I said, watching I watched this movie 2X, and oh man, when you watch something in 2X, it's 60 frames per second. You know what else is 60 frames per second? Video cutscenes, specifically in video games. <laughs> so the vast majority of this movie already, you know, the, the CGA is, is iffy. When you play it back at 60 frames per second, you can really tell what's what's terrible CGI and what little bits are real people. And that kind of blends together. Yeah, the worst part of that is the the clone troopers. Like, there's no reason oh, yeah. for all those clone troopers to be CG. You can put a guy in a plastic suit. We mm-hmm. have that technology. It actually looks pretty <laughs> darn good, especially when, like, you don't even see the. It's just their torso in the background. And it's, it's the Lucas Digital, you know, uh, sort of changing history after the fact disease. It's like... I like this scene, but it would be better if we had a, a clone trooper in the background. Sure, we could just put him there. Like you could have had a guy standing there with a suit. No, no, we'll we'll, we'll add him in post with the and like it's just it, they, they look so bad. What's damning, John, is that even worse. You can go back to the original trilogy and find places where all those stormtroopers exist in matte paintings, and they still look better. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, because they're just too darn close. Like they're they're close up background filler, but your eye is drawn to them because you you get that Shiny. they're not right. And it's like it's just it's not a giant ship. It's not a huge vista of a city you can't build. It's like guy wearing plastic just go to a con and pull out one of the cosplayers they're there <laughs> yeah it, it's so the uh, crawl so yeah so the early x-wings are there the, the piloted by uh clone uh clone troopers so we get our our uh our jango fett actor gets to 
continue or, to or his his face digitally composited all yeah. over the freaking place in this movie. Yep, blue yep. screens within green screens. Anakin and Obi Wan scrape off some droid bugs. I thought that was a I, interesting. I, that use scene, of droid I, technology. there's a scene where three of them are worrying about how to get the things off. Like R two and both of them are like looking yeah. over at Obi Wan ship, and I'm like, why, why are they not watching where they are going? They are in the middle of a dogfight. <laughs> They're in this big battle, but apparently there's no danger. Don't you know flying is for droids? Flying is for droids. They don't need to actually pay attention to where they're going no they're too busy scraping off the bugs you want to talk about a, a, a tragedy uh or you know the one reason why we really don't care about these uh these characters at all is r5 who is you know supposedly obi-wan's closest droid companion we've seen him with r5 for most of the movies r5 gets killed in the first he meets a tragic end this. yeah his, head his gets trash can off. comes and off. even <laughs> obi-wan just says oh well i hope he has a backup no one cares if you if you love your astromech droid Back him up daily. Yeah, he hates least. that robot. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> I hope he has a backup of him. He had to talk to him for all of episode two. He has now he has no <laughs> one to spew exposition to, which just means he'll have to talk less. So he's it's like, there's a there's a point at which you just intentionally drop your iPhone 4s in the toilet because you really <laughs> want the iPhone six. So the other thing I kind of infer from this scene that again is totally inferred and not spelled out is: Are we supposed to get the idea that Anakin has basically been promoted too early because the Jedi are being pressed into service, and he's like, you know, we sort of later on with this whole argument about not becoming a master get this idea that like, yeah, he's really good and everything, but it also is it supposed to feel like, oh man, they promoted him too fast because he we we really need more Jedi because we're fighting this big war. Well, it's also because of that chosen one thing. Like he's supposed to be, his first movie had some BS about a chosen one. Yeah, I guess we have to like promote him. <laughs> well, he is the main character. We have to promote him. <laughs> no, it's the Chancellor. The Chancellor is somehow screwing with our minds mm. and forcing us to do this and oh we feel kind of kind of bad i guess i guess we have to do this so they, they land in the in the uh the little landing bay thing which has got the magnetic shields on i, I, I do have side. to point out yes. one thing about the space battle which yes. is that in the interest of continuity uh we do have a scene where anakin avoids some missiles by spinning it turns out that actually was a good trick pay off pay off and and somehow the Trade Federation hasn't really upgraded its droids in all the years that it's been doing stuff either. It didn't really learn from its experiences. Yeah, that, that's the the problem with this. They're the still dumb after they, after they land, it reinforces yes. the, the, the lesson we should have learned from especially episode one is that weak enemies are boring. It's a replay of episode yeah. one. Yeah, I have the same when thing. When they go in there and start slicing and dicing those droids, it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. They're weak enemies. They're not a threat to you. My notes just say more droid saber fodder. That's, it's just like, oh, these guys, they're mm-hmm. stupid and a waste of everyone's time that's hilarious Jason. and i have the same thing battle droids are still useless and clones are fodder <laughs> like it's the same it's just let's put these two giant armies here with no stakes because oh those guys are robots and those guys are clones who really cares about any of those yeah, you, would, you would think their arms yeah. would be getting tired of it by this point they had to hire help to go could you just mow down these droids because like really <sighs> they're not a threat but it's just my arm is getting so tired mm-hmm. from cutting these droids and have just really a lot of work yeah i love that line from obi-wan about the clones they're doing their job so we can do ours and their job is to explode, basically. <laughs> their job is to die yep. without honor. Can you say that in a Klingon voice? It sounds like you need to say that in a Klingon voice. There is no honor in dying as a clone. They are going to die with no honor. Cloners. They're cloners. Oh, these cloners. We gotta, we gotta put <laughs> another order in for more clones really with the cloners. cloners. Best cloners I know. So we got Shots. some elevator shenanigans. There's lots of uh, really <laughs> exciting stuff involving elevators, and that's what I look for in a Star Wars movie is some elevator So action. many elevators. They blow the top off. It goes down. It comes back up. I find it interesting that... Um, 
the one new trade federation dude they introduce is no longer an Asian stereotype, but a surfer dude. <laughs> See, I guess there's nothing they can do about Newt Gunray at this point, nope. but they sure aren't going to throw any more new insulting Asian characters in there. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I, wrote, I wrote down, how come R2-D2 needs a comlink? He's a droid. Yes. I wrote that too. Why does R2 and, have a human and then radio? I, in, in parentheses, for stupid comedy moments later. <laughs> Yeah, he well, also has rockets and oil ejectors that he uses. But why? Why he's a robot? Why does he have a human walkie-talkie? We didn't complain about this in episode four when they, when they need to close down the garbage mashers. Yeah, but it's because they gave it to C three PO as a they hand. They gave it to three PO. Three PO doesn't have a comlink, although he really should. He should against. Well, he he should. doesn't have organs. He doesn't have. He doesn't need to well, carry a the, wallet. The difference or is they're using the Death Star's communication system, so that they, they might not be wired up to that. But this is like they're trying to be in touch with each other, and they give R two a walkie-talkie. It just seems weird to me. No but. cell phones a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No. Okay, it's pretty cool that all of those decks of heavy metal don't actually interrupt the signal of the walkie-talkie. No, they don't. Those are. No. Space walkie talkies. It's a speakerphone, too, because like part of the joke is like he's supposed to be holding the thing and he's got it on speaker or something, and then the voice comes in and and other droids hear him. Yeah. What I take real offense to in this film is they make R2 and they make R2 an idiot. A joke. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes and no, although I will say the scene where he douses the guys in oil and then sets them on fire was actually kind of bomb. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Although the slapstickiness of it did not need to be there. No, but I felt like R2-D2 setting guys on fire, that's amazing. That should happen all the time. For this reason, but you know, whatever. They figured, okay, we've established that he can eject liquids and he has rockets, (laughs) so let's do this. Let's do it. It's clever. It's clever. But yeah, to Jason's point, this entire sequence does feel like a replay of the episode one bit, down to the oh look, battle droids. Oh look, destroyers. Oh look, we're running around at super speed. Like you know, basically all 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 the puns from C three PO. But now it's a, a different Jedi, and we're still sort of negotiators. <laughs> I, I think they mean this to be like, hey, aren't you getting that episode one feeling? It's like we've come all the way back around to episode one again, <laughs> we except never we're all like, want oh, that no, feeling. no, not episode one again. Uh, we get to see Mr. Mister Dooku again briefly uh, before he's beheaded. Uh, I wanted to point out that in the background, this is one of those, um, like, uh, we we have so much power on our computing uh, platforms now <laughs> that we can do anything they literally while the entire showdown is happening with uh with dooku and general grievous and the jedi there is the most insane space battle happening behind them that we don't care about but it's really literally like hey guys what if we took the insane space battle from return of the jedi and just have the background <laughs> where nobody cared about it can i can i file something under um plot points that make absolutely no sense and are in there for no reason files getting awfully full it's a big it's a big one <laughs> it's a final this scene does not exist for any reason i can tell the El- anakin's jumped outside the elevator right and he jumps back down and you know obi-wan goes to hit him with the lightsaber and then goes oh it's you yeah and it's like a who the hell else is it gonna be b you're a freaking jedi you should know when your pal shows up are your powers totally useless and there's no reason for it to be there. There's what, It serves what, what, zero purpose. It's, it's not supposed to be funny. like the sort of camaraderie, like, oh, these times we have together and oh. isn't it wacky. And then we're going to transition right into while you're unconscious, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> not to mention Obi-Wan unconscious, but I'm pretty sure that that deck crushes his legs. And then his yeah. legs are totally fine like two <laughs> yeah, seconds yeah. later. No it, biggie. Jedi it just Kong. gently pins him down. Well, didn't yeah. that yeah. column of rock crush his legs in the previous film? I mean, they came pre-crushed. Yeah, he's got bad luck with his legs. Yeah. He's, he's got I, robo legs. I will say one thing. One thing I like in this first segment is Dooku's crazy. What? 
what the f- what are you doing? Crazy eyes to, to Palpatine. <laughs> well, Christopher Lee gives another really game performance here, however brief, which just serves to highlight the fact that we only see him for like 30 seconds in either film. And he's the one guy that manages to survive through two films as a villain. My note for that says Christopher Lee may be the only actor who showed up for this scene. <laughs> yes. Although, again, I will say that if you if you add a CGI hand of Palpatine waving his hand in front of Anakin where he's like, remember what you what you told me about your mother and the sand people? You know, this is is not the Jedi way. That's OK, Anakin. All of a sudden, his crazy like pseudo pseudo creepy speech makes a lot more sense. Well, he doesn't even do that speech at this point. At this point, he's like, he's, he's got Dooku on the ropes. He's got the, the lightsabers by his neck. And Anakin goes, I shouldn't. And the convincing argument that, that brings him over to the, to the fact that he should kill this guy is Palpatine says, do it. Yes. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. oh, well, I've yeah. been convinced by the power of your argument. No, no, he doesn't just say do it. He says, do it. Yeah, he's yes. the emperor's voice. He's putting, he's putting his Jedi, his evil Darth, or his evil Sith powers to the test. He's, no, he just wanted him to have a Mountain Dew. <laughs> that's do what it the was. do Anakin do the do oh, and, uh, and that's why Christopher Lee uh, Dooku is so surprised like do it Mountain that was, that Dooku. the thing that brought you around that's all it took what if I say don't do it now will you not kill yeah. me <laughs> that's the rest of the movie do it don't do it do it don't you know, do it at this point I have to say you're making this a whole, whole lot less fun for me this is just too easy also yeah. does anyone else think like when they walk in and you see Palpatine like sitting in that chair it's like this is kind of intended to evoke ep- episode 6 oh no 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% yeah. it's supposed to look like yeah it's like oh god and so and yet nobody can cotton on to the fact that he's the bad guy he's sitting in the bad guy chair yeah I don't understand how every single one of these Sith dudes can sense the great fear and anger in Anakin yet all of his Jedi pals are completely <laughs> oblivious to it. Well, yeah. Guy seems cool. Yeah. Is that just seems something like that cool you get dude. on the dark side is the ability to sense fear and anger? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yoda can do it in theory. The ship is hit at one point and actually like falls where I had that moment of, of the gravity questions, which is like yeah, the ship's yeah, in space. Try, how, try is to fall- think about how is it falling? How is it falling? And when they tilt the ship, Artificial everybody tilts off, and yeah. the gravity is off. And yeah, but the falling, it's like it's falling out of the sky, which doesn't make any sense because it's a spaceship. And I know, I know, but I, I still, I, I was so far out of it at this yep. point that I was just like, what, what is even, what is even happening here? I, yes. I, I have a note that the saber duel that we get around here. It felt especially fake to me, yep. like it was a series of one individuals well, in front of a green Christopher, screen. Christopher Lee is not up mm-hmm. for that, so right. he was CG and yeah. a lot of that I stuff. I wrote terrible it. stunt double for Christopher Lee, yeah. and the problem with this, the fight scene here, as is the problem with most of the other fight scenes in this movie, is that they're all shot in kind of medium shots uh, a lot yes. of times, and a lot of time they're back and forth shots, so that's no clearly scale. all... There's no, it's not scale, but not even scale, like, and there's definitely no scale, but like, there's no tracking, there's, <laughs> there's no, nothing, no, it's connection. not like, oh, yeah, there, it's totally disjointed. And so, yeah. the having a stunt double, I'm sure, was problematic for shooting this in terms of having to composite Christopher Lee's face and work him into like, oh, yes, now let's have a close up to show that he really is here fighting him. Um, and my other, my other weird thing is Anakin's like, my powers have doubled since the last time we met. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, by what scale? Like, no, how he, he, went to, he went to destinystatus.com. You can look up all that. <laughs> <laughs> they have deployed the Wilhelm scream by this point. The Wilhelm scream happened. 1545. I wrote the time down. Uh, oh, and they also had the, the Jedi get caught in the ray shielding, which seems a little OP to me because like they, yeah. they're, this is a giant, giant world that they have with all sorts of things. And then all of a sudden something, a CG effect comes out of nowhere and they're like, well, this Trump my lightsaber, my force power is like, why don't they make everything out of ray shielding? You could win this war. Uh, also, let's count how many times they say ray shield in a 30 second oh my God. segment. Yeah, that was my point. I've deployed ray the ray shields. Hey, ray shields. 
Don't worry. Our I didn't will get know that they the had ray shields. shields. <laughs> Why is it that like after how how many people have to lose a hand in a lightsaber battle before you say, well, what if I just wear gauntlets? All how about a force gauntlet? Ray gauntlets. Well, what are you going to make the gauntlets out of, though? More lightsabers. Ratios. (laughs) I like that Obi-Wan says when they get trapped, how did this happen? We're smarter than this. (laughs) You're smarter than this. Like, the script isn't due. No, you show no evidence of that. That's what I... Oh, God, John took the words right out of my notes. The script is not smarter than this. There's a uh, a good... At the very end of this, where General Grievous has a nice piece of on-the-nose dialogue where he says, time to abandon the ship, and then abandons the ship. Thank you for telling us (laughs) what you were about. Everything in this movie is I think you're reading... No, that's, that's, Lucas's, that's Lucas's writing style. Like, it's like, if, if only <laughs> movies were actually made this way, like where you just write down what you want to happen. We'll get to that later in the love scenes. But like, if, that was, oh, if only yeah. that's the way writing worked, where you just write, and now there is a scene where there is an escape. I'm to escape. The person says, I am going to escape. And then the people say, he has escaped. It's the old rhetorical trick of like, tell him what you're going to tell him. Tell him. <laughs> and tell him what you told him. This worked in Charlie Chaplin films from the world. I, I do want to say that the, the running down the elevator shaft thing is is a little difficult for physics reasons, but it is one of those shining moments where you watch it and you go, you know, that's actually pretty neat. That's a fun sequence. They're so, so very rare in this film. What, what doesn't work is the, uh, the meeting with General Grievous where Anakin oh says, God. General you're Grievous, shorter than expected. you're shorter than I expected. Is that supposed to be an insult? And if so, why? Well, Explain I mean, that. Apparently he, he thinks it is because he says Jedi scum, or maybe he just likes saying Jedi scum. Oh, burn. Well, he, he's hunched over, maybe. He's all, he's all hunched over from yeah. Mace Window crushing him in the, the animated Clone Wars series. I also <laughs> like that he happens to have two available lightsaber pockets. Just of like course. just ready there, <laughs> just just two, the perfect number. It, well, the, the, the Taylor Planet, they can just add more pockets at any time. So he's, 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 he's got four pockets. lightsabering arms. Yeah, that's true. That's Palpat- Palpatine's is Taylor. There's Taylors. <laughs> the Planet of Taylors. Oh, Taylors. Haberdasheron. The thing, the thing that really upsets me in this is that all of a sudden we've gone from daring rescue of Chancellor Palpatine to Obi Wan being like, "We have a job to do, Anakin. Try not to upset him." It's, you know, we're going to go back to dis- diplomacy. Hey, you know, he Grievous said the negotiators are here, so I guess it's time to, to play negotiators, at, at least until we execute our daring escape. Yes, please don't upset him with this meaningless insult that makes absolutely no sense. At least he has those cool Clone War droids that have the little purple stick things. Those mm. guys are awesome. Yeah, you know they're tough because they take 15 seconds to destroy <laughs> instead of the usual three. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're second and they level. have their own dedicated sound effect. And at least they have little buzzy things at the end, which are shown to be somewhat of a match for lightsabers. Like you can clash with a lightsaber with them as opposed to just being sliced in half like butter like every other thing <laughs> the lightsabers come in contact with. Also, you can butter. slice the head off of them, and they still work. The um the uh, the the ship crashes, and we get quip quip watch. We get another happy landing. Go James Bond lines. Mm. Two points. One that um to go with the why is the ship sinking? What is blowing Grievous's cloak when he's outside the ship? Because I didn't figure that one That's out. Space either. air. <laughs> the, the the gas coming out of the the ship. The yeah, solar it's wind called style. It's it's a force that binds the entire universe. So, so if you're a droid ish kind of guy, I actually thought that was kind of clever. It's like, well, I can I can just go out in space. So I'm just going to break the windshield here. You guys will all suffocate, and I'll just be climbing but, around. But he's on part the ship. biological though. So if you're going to have anybody do that, maybe not a Grievous. I don't know. Yeah, especially not a guy with emphysema. He's got breathing problems already. I know, I know. But wait a minute. We see later that he has no lungs, so I still have a problem with the whole coffee. His eyeballs would have frozen. Wait a second. If you have no... If we're going to go that route, why is the ship even designed for people to walk around in if you just have robots? If you can make robots who fight things, you just make robot ships. They they jack the ship. 
Yeah, it's extra. <laughs> it's a, it's surplus. They and and to the point, Jason, about the another happy landing. I think Jedi have only two modes: literal and deadpan, or attempted deadpan. Mm-hmm. That's the only line deliveries that either of them have in this entire movie. I would like to know when R two learned to say "hee hoo." He does it twice. Mm. He does <laughs> it during the fight with the droids. It sounds sort of Michael Jackson-y. I think it's an homage. <laughs> He's been trying to homage little Annie going, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoopee! Also, how do the fire ships know that they're good guys crashing the bad guy ship? And why, why are there fire the ships? Are there fire ships? Yeah, the fire yeah. ships are confusing. It's someone's idea. I mean, he lands half a ship. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, again, it, anything like that, like a daring, a narrow escape or anything, all of that relies on you caring about the characters and being invested in what's happening to them. And it doesn't matter how well you execute something like the elevator scene or something like the crash scene. If you're if you're not on board with the movie, you're just like, yeah, yeah. But if you are on board, the same scene can be super exciting because you really care about the people. Right, but the, the laziness keeps coming through here. The thing that got me was, so we have this big fight. It's apparently over Coruscant. The next day, after he's crashed the ship, it's like everything's been mopped up. We're all good. There's no fight happening. Yep. It's another happy day on Coruscant. What the hell? Yeah, presumably the Chancellor's been kidnapped from Coruscant. There's got to mm-hmm. be some, maybe some. I, I wrote nope. no, no stakes. Everything is predestined. Well, but it's all a plot by the Emperor, and he knows that this is where he's going to live, so he doesn't want them to make a mess. <laughs> so he has it all just somewhere else. Uh, we get Padme here. Padme as dumb, is here. as dumb as all this action sequence stuff is. Brace yourselves yes. to think of it as the, the good times, because <laughs> yes. now not a damn thing happens for over 30 minutes. The bad times, they are coming. You, you'll be begging for ships shooting each other that you don't care about. Yeah, here comes Padme. <laughs> she's, got the, she's got the Princess Leia buns. She says, she says Ooh, uh, Princess Leia Annie, buns. Annie, I'm pregnant. By the way, my note here is every time she calls him Annie, I think about that episode one kid and get too, super creeped out. Yep. Yeah. And as for her pregnancy, apparently the Jedi Academy believes in abstinence-only education because this yes. great Jedi can't fi- can't get, figure out how to not. They also get don't his do ultrasounds on on in the yeah. In the, their uh, reproductive technology no. sucks in the lead planet of the Star Republic slash Empire. They can't even they tell that it's twins. Tell One it's kid, twins. two kid. Well, they just like the mystery of it. They you know keep it a mystery. Yeah, she goes from oh I've got some wonderful news to looking terrified and being like what are we going to do? So maybe you know either have her be happy about it or have her be worried about it. But the constant fluctuations I don't know if they're going to blame that on hormones or whatever. But it's weird. Also, does anyone does anyone actually remember the fact that they're supposed to be secret spouses? Because that doesn't seem to like she kind of like they're behind sort of hides behind. That's the thing I didn't notice it until this this viewing of the movie, which I think maybe was my second or third. I don't know. I think I've seen it before, but like by the end of the movie, it's like wait a second, are we supposed to believe? Like I I, I forget when it's the end of the movie we're talking about. Obi Wan goes Anakin's. It's the father, Anakin's like, baby. Who, yeah. who did you think was the father? Like, but she was showing everyone knows she's pregnant. But you just didn't want to say anything because thought maybe she was just putting on weight. You didn't want, like what the <laughs> hell? Are you, like, is this I don't even understand like the premise of the movie are we supposed to believe that people don't notice she's pregnant or they do notice but they don't they, they think it would be rude to ask who the father is so Obi-Wan's like at the end Anakin's it was Jar Jar it was like totally so you Jar-Jar. knew she was pregnant who did you think was the father you did, oh, just, that's why Jar Jar stopped talking yes. <laughs> and that's a fundamental problem with this movie is it's entirely unclear from one scene to the next 
who else in the cast is supposed to have what information like who's supposed to know that palpatine is bad or not bad who's supposed to know that anakin and padme are together or not together that 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 it's his child like none of that is given any context is she hiding her pregnancy is do people see that she's showing is she staying in her room combing her hair the whole time to hide it like i don't I mean know. she is in her room a lot uh, she is. i would not have remembered that their wedding with their like marriage was supposed to be a secret had it not been for watching the clone wars series again where it is once again, handled way better than it's handled here. I had that moment of like, oh, right, secret wedding. Um, I, I want to make a note here and say, um, I understand, like Jar, like you said, Jar Jar doesn't say anything. He's not in this movie. They realize, okay, he's a liability. We're not going to use Jar Jar here. Uh, Natalie Portman. Um, oh, is she wasted in this? She is completely, I mean, it's not like her so performances she, were great. She's a shadow of her former self. In the her, other her, movies. Her but, character. Like, where is that Padme? Where is the one who had a gun, who was like, you know, yeah. leading the charge yeah. and being daring? And Instead, she combs her hair a lot. All she does is stay in a yeah. room. It, is, yeah, it, it is just character assassination of the high. It's not only is it a waste of Natalie Portman, but Padme as a character is completely destroyed by this movie. She is no, she is a zero in this movie. It is ridiculous. And she was pretty damn close to zero in the previous movies right too, but it's but worse at least she could shoot oh, yeah. but she was a woman of action she did things she was she she was i mean with her and the gun and leading the charge and going into like she wanted to get things done she wanted to make change politically she had ambitions she was an right. important person she and had this agency one, she, just, she just stays in the room and her biggest concern is about like how is anakin feeling that's it yep She's she never leaves the room with the exception of getting on the ship to go find Anakin for this entire movie. And again, this is a place where that actually could have been explained in the movie as as soon as I figured out, I found out I'm pregnant. I'm hiding in you know, I'm I'm staying here. I've been, you know, having Jar Jar take care of business or my aides take care of business. Um, I don't want anybody to find out. Let's go back to Naboo, uh, except we can't leave because there's still a but like there there could have been so so much solved very quickly without her seeming basically completely helpless yeah, and she would have to be conf- conflicted about that or maybe and she shouldn't just be there combing her hair and wondering about oh I'll make up the baby's room it's like, she, what? she would need what? to be You'll... a character yeah. in other and she words she seems pretty blase about the fact that the queen will likely kick her out of the senate if she has a baby so that seemed unenlightened <laughs> <laughs> for a for a for a planet that will elect a fourteen year old like girl as your queen, and then they're like, ah, but pregnancy that's that's no good. <laughs> you get knocked up, and that's it. You're out. Nope, sorry. Well, they have, they have, they have issues with young women. Clearly on Naboo. Clearly. Also, I'm not sure that George Lucas really knows how pregnancy works. <laughs> this is this is the first time we hear that she's pregnant, and the rest of this movie that she's doesn't like really seem pregnant. like it takes place over multiple months, but yeah, by the yeah. end she's ready to deliver. I mean, the film itself seems like it takes multiple months, but yeah, but the action on screen does not. And, and also in that scene where, like, so they're pregnant and they go back and she's combing her hair on the balcony, and Anakin is looking at her. I like to watch you creepily brush your hair. I'm amazed by his ability to look creepy while lo- yeah. looking at his <laughs> own wife. I, I get the idea oh. of the, uh, and Andy mentioned this. The the it, this is the the sort of classic story of the she's not supposed to be pregnant, she's hiding her pregnancy a lot. Except that for plot reasons, she's on Coruscant when the right thing to do, sort of in the classic style, would be that well, she has know. to go visit her sister in the country on Naboo for about nine months, right? And then she comes back and she's like, hey, I'm back. I feel better now. Jason, there's war! Uh, war! Exclamation well, point. Well, on top of that, you know what? If Coruscant was being invaded as we are led to believe in the beginning, wouldn't they have evacuated the senators, given that, you know, the senators and 
the chancellor kind of hold the power? And if the chancellor's been kidnapped, then the senator should probably be a safety? Uh, uh, said she spends a lot of time on balconies in yeah. a giant place that's a huge <laughs> <Yes>. city. <laughs> exactly, with lots if of really, windows. If you're going to hide your pregnancy, spend a lot of time outdoors Yeah, the paparazzi. There are definitely no droid paparazzi. And on top of that, <laughs> let's spend it in nightwear the entire time. Yeah. Is there is there really a scene where she's not in lingerie? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uncomfortable nightwear. Like, she's wearing things with beads pearls. to bed. Those beads are just going to be... Why would you wear pearls? Yeah, you try to lay down on those, they're going to have big circular marks on your arm when you wake yeah, up. At some point, I was like, wait, oh, is that a dress or a nightgown? I can't actually tell because I thought it was just a dress. And then she goes to bed in it. So maybe she doesn't own a nightgown. I don't know. So I, I wrote down the uh, classic dialogue that I'm going to recite here. I'll help. I'll help. You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. But it's only because I'm so in love with you. No, you. And then my, <laughs> then my notes just say, ugh. <laughs> I have Jesus this dialogue written down at this point. So love has blinded you? <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I meant, but it's probably true. Oh. End scene. That's oh. it. I think, I think we're getting some insights into why like Lucasfilm was okay with so many people writing like fan fiction and fan fiction movies. That's where they got all this dialogue. I from. wrote someone buy him a thesaurus. No, no, fan fiction has way better dialogue than this. Like what <laughs> what was being established in this scene? That they love each other yes. by having the character say, I'm so in love with you. No, I'm so in love with you. Ah, I will. I will say that it does nail the fan fiction aspect of people writing about romance and love who have never had a romance or been in love. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, Anakin wakes up a, a, from a bad dream with his metal arm, which is just a reminder that he lost his arm. Um, and uh, the, in the in the intervening time between now and when Luke gets his arm cut off in twenty years, uh, the technology improves quite a bit because Luke's arm looks place. totally real. The one place that they realized, wait, we can make this look look yeah. tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he has a premonition that bad things are going to happen with Padme. That is important. A vague premonition. I wrote that down that he dreams of Star Trek 1 because it kind of reminded me of Star <laughs> Trek the motion picture. <laughs> Yes, there's a wormhole. It's very, it's a very cheap effect for a movie that is otherwise full of very expensive effects, and yet it still manages to look really terrible. And and it's it's cheap and it's vague. Like we don't, I guess, I guess it's supposed to try to communicate some kind of emotion rather than at a series of events. But it's so pivotal to his supposed turn to the dark side right. that he understands exactly what's going on here, and that that he's totally convinced this is going to happen. And all we see is that she's sad. Like it was some, you know, to get to compare it to like Empire, where Luke has premonitions that we don't see about his. First friends being in pain and Yoda's like nah they might die they might not you know he's given a choice like it is it's not so concrete that like my entire life is going to hinge on this thing that I'm absolutely positively sure is going to happen in exactly this way unless I do something there should be ambiguity there should be like well you know if you leave now help them you could but you know like it's you don't know maybe you know always in motion blah blah blah, blah. this is just like no totally solid she's gonna die unless i kill children well so so many so many of us like think that empire is the greatest movie like in the entire series with with good reason but that but that was something that always annoyed me that yoda makes a big deal no 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 no. look you can't leave now because disaster will happen and your friends are going to have to die and all this sort of stuff Nothing really happens as a cons- nothing bad happens as a consequence of him leaving. Well, we learn here that Yoda doesn't know what the hell he's talking. Well, about. Well, he barely survived, and 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 Yoda said didn't say he was just saying this is the safe bet. The safe bet is to stay here. You need to complete your training because yeah. for the good of the universe, it's better for you to stay here. Let your friends die. But Luke is showing his character by saying, yes, for the good of the universe, maybe it is better for me to stay here and potentially let my friends die because it's better for me to get completely trained to save everybody. But Luke shows that's not the kind of person I am. I'm going to go try to help my friends, even if it means me almost dying 
a side note is is that is that uh, instantly as you to your point, John, about not seeing the the visions. Mark Hamill manages to actually sell that. So you know, anyone who wants to talk about Mark Hamill not being greatest actor, he's not a greatest actor, but like he manages to make you believe that there is something bad going to happen without us ever seeing it. Whereas Hayden Christensen can't even make us believe no. it when we've just we need seen some it. CGI. <laughs> yeah. I was sleeping shirtless. Did you notice? <laughs> well, that's so you can see my metal arm. Do you like my metal arm? <laughs> Brush your hair some more. I'm on my golden arm. He visits Yoda for some therapy, but Yoda is not a very good therapist. <laughs> no. He says, don't sweat it. Death happens. Be happy your wife I don't know about is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> this, whole, this whole section is deadly scenes of people talking on Coruscant. Like, we're back to, like, it's flashbacks of, like, no, not the couches, not the rooms, not the talking, not the not the shot of this person, shot of this person. It's just You're death. doomed to couches forever. This happens for 30 minutes, John. 30 minutes. I, I, I can I can summarize this, actually. My notes do a pretty great job of summarizing the plot here. Here, let me, let me uh, throw some on you here. Political science time. We're giving mm. more powers to the chancellor. Anakin needs to be on the council. I need you more than you will know. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> How can you be on the council and not a master? Well, you know, it's you. Hey, at least they let him get rid of the stupid rat tail. And I wrote down, I miss, I miss Puppet Yoda, um, <laughs> yeah. which I wanted to mention, because yeah. I, I didn't mind uh, some of the CGI Yoda, but here I really felt it like, boy... I miss Puppet Yoda. That was a different guy than this yeah. guy. It's well, not they're the making, same. But even if you made Puppet Yoda say these same lines, it was just like, these are these are not great. And like you said, the whole the whole attachment philosophy, like, I, it's hard to watch this and not try to like, you know, I'm going to psychoanalyze the people who made this movie. But like, I don't think you can do that. I don't think it's fair or correct. But I find right. myself going towards like, <laughs> is this like the, po- the post-divorce Lucas mm. type of, you know... <laughs> That all the attachments in your life end up hurting you, and it's but like I don't think it is because like that's not the message of the movie. That's but just like the, the philosophy espoused by Yoda in the prequels does not connect with me in any way with no. the philosophy espoused by Yoda in the real Star Wars. We movie. also get what is an, an attempt at like I, I've said before some some complex thoughts about political science and the nature of <laughs> and the nature of dictatorship and democracy. But, this war represents a failure but, to listen. But what you get is the, you know the council wants you to spy on the chancellor. It's literally like. Does he like me? Does he right, like right. like check, me or not? Check, check this yes, box. Yeah. Don't tell him. And and I, my note is: this is politics as viewed by a child. This is a childlike view of politics. Even if George Lucas wanted to make a movie about political, boring political science that's obvious and stupid and nobody wants to see it, his grasp. I have to. I'm just going to say it, and I I know this is incredibly mean, but his grasp of political science is so simplistic that it makes me wonder is this guy stupid because <laughs> this is just it is a joke it is an absolute it, joke it makes it makes aaron sorkin look like a genius because he does those ridiculous <laughs> like his things are completely unrealistic like the west wing is like so silly and yet it is close and it is like a supercharged fantasy version of reality but it but it's so much closer than this because like okay this is not the way it really is but wouldn't it be cool if and this is okay this Check is not this the way box. it really is and it wouldn't be cool if it was this way because this no. is stupid it's just one another it's just another example of sort of the half-assed attempts at trying to turn something into a valid plot point and the other point the other place this sort of comes up is i think anakin has this sort of weird inconsistency and in trust of padme and we get this half-assed other half-assed attempt of trying to insinuate that maybe he thinks obi-wan and she have something on the side yeah, they, they never could decide what they're doing with that it's, just, it's never it's but it's like it's kind of brought up towards the end it's never even hinted it, at it's not believable at any point that anyone reasonable at all it's literally like uh something out of the plot matic 
Like, oh, jealousy. Yeah, let's put in some jealousy. Like, he thinks Obi-Wan and Padme might be having an affair. Really? Because he visited once. Obi-Wan was here. Obi-Wan was here, wasn't he? His wind song stays on my mind. (laughs) Once upon a time, an early script of episode three surfaced. And I want to say right after episode one, but before episodes two and three. And that script was all about basically Obi-Wan and Padme coming close to having an affair and Anakin basically going Did crazy. Did we establish whether that was it's, real or just like a fan script? I have no idea, but it Either was a way, good Either way, it's script. more believable. Either- yeah, there was no chemistry between those actors in, in the second movie, so. No. No, but it's, but it's one of those things that like if that was in – like – some kind of fact it's almost been completely stripped out of this movie and there are hints where it could it could have been in this movie but like you said it's 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 there's there are no connections here there are just like oh what about this plot point what about this plot point maybe we'll we'll just push this all together and hope that this is a movie works this is the i i think in some ways this little sec section of this movie is the the nadir of the of, of star wars because this yeah. is this is george lucas's big political science payoff and we we know we're going to crank up the action and have to come to the fall of anakin so this is the chance so like and it is like half an hour long so we get the well, at this point it's only been 20 minutes we get the anakin i think this war is destroying the principles of the republic what if democracy no longer exists which is completely asinine but he is sort of supposed to be uh, clueless and asinine here my wife turned <laughs> to me at this point and said what does she see in him right, there are yeah. no answers there people there's no answer for that palpatine no. talks to anakin the jedi council want to take control of the republic yeah that's a really reasonable premise i did appreciate the line that palpatine has where he says search your feelings you know and i'm thinking don't you no that's not it so close so close don't you think the the opera scene had some things to recommend it though okay well the one one thing i gotta point out about that that an opera opera or a screensaver it's it's (laughs) it's rags flying around in giant bubbles and i gotta point out it looks suspiciously like the diane carroll segment from the holiday special (laughs) It's trying to teach Anakin how reproduction works. Mm. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that, because at this point he brings out the story of Darth Plagueis, quote, uh, in parentheses, yes. the wise. With a name like that, you know he's a fine fellow. Uh, and the point that he makes is he could use the Force to influence the midichlorians to create dot, 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 life. And at this point he looks very pointedly at Anakin on the last word. And I believe this is to suggest that Shmi's virgin birth was planted by a Sith all along. In fact, I read an article that said that in a previous version of the screenplay that was mm-hmm. then never shot, but but it was in one of the last drafts, it was stated outright that uh, that uh, the Emperor essentially created Anakin. So this is basically, I am your father, Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. is... Uh, you gotta love Darth Plagueis, but, though, you know. Uh, I Actually, there's one thing in this scene... That I really okay, so I kind of like the the implication that he created An- Anakin. I think that's kind of fun. I really like the implication where he tells this whole story about how amazing Dark Darth Plagueis is, and he could keep people from dying. Which is yeah, he's trying to play on Anakin's fear that Padme is going to die. But Anakin's I like stupid fear. I, I like he taught his apprentice everything he knew, and then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. <laughs> oh, did I mention? Did I not mention that was me? But I love that I think, implication. Pal- I love Palpatine that. is the only one who's able to sell these lines. Like, because yeah. this is not a well-written oh, yeah. scene, but the, it is moody no. at least in the kind of weird background. He is the only actor who, who like, I feel Ian like Ian McDermott. 
It, Ian McDermott shows up. He, Ian McDermott's pretty show. good. Oh, yeah. He is pretty good. I have to say, I wrote down at one point. You know, I really like him. I, he he gives it his all in this. He really he is a good yeah, serial villain. He does a good he, job. If, if you were just giving him better things to say, but in this in this scene, like the mood and the background and the fact that the two of them are alone there, like he tells a stupid story. The lines are silly. The the, the one note I have about the readings here is. They did this again, and I just I, it drives me insane. Like uh, you know, Palpatine says, they're playing to betray me, and Lucas's uh, Lucas's line, and and Anakin's line is, I don't think, and then he gets cut off, and he does it in the worst possible, like the, the worst possible way, like I don't think, and like he, ne- like you can tell he wasn't going to continue the line. sentence. That, that was yeah. the end of the sentence, actually. Yeah, exactly. That's what it seemed like. And like, why? How can you not do that? He in the, in the first movie, there were instances that that's, that's like movie making one hundred and one, like. When a character has a line that trails off or they're interrupted, you have to make it seem naturalistic. You can't have them read the "I don't think" line and have them stop. It just it, it boggles my mind how even even <laughs> in like directors are important. The, the best scene in the movie, they can manage to blow it by just something like on a technicality and uh, something so easy. Two two things about this scene. One one line I do like is "Good as a point of view," which is obviously intended to hearken to Obi Wan's from yes, a certain point yes. of view, and actually has the benefit of being like in a better movie. Oh, that's kind of what this is about. Again, as John mentioned earlier, from my point of view, the Jedi yeah. are evil. Anakin, <laughs> Anakin is good. Like Anakin thinks he's doing something. Could, like, could we could we go so somewhere. far as to say that this uh, the opera scene in particular in a an imaginary. Uh, set of prequels that were good. This opera scene might actually have fit okay. If, if sure. you have, you have to explain why Anakin is super interested in the ability to keep people from dying. Because I, because that is the you know, it, this is the glimmer part. This is like the glimmer of hope in the depths of despair of of the worst part of this movie. Why is he not the least bit suspicious about Palpatine knowing any of this stuff? <laughs> He's that really is what dumb. gets me. He's, really he's like, really oh dumb. yeah, let me tell you all about this <laughs> Sith stuff. And he's like, wow, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more. Again, in a better movie, we would actually feel the fact that Palpatine has essentially been a father to him, to Obi-Wan's older brother. And that sure. he implicitly trusts him, which we don't get in any of this. And Anakin this is- would need to have a lust for power. Like, he doesn't. They never establish Anakin's lust for power. Like, that comes out of nowhere. Like, I want to be in charge and super powerful. Like, the only way you're attracted to somebody who gives you the promise of ultimate power is if you're one of those people who just, like, is, is you know, craves power. And Anakin has mostly just been ineffectual and whiny and not really, like, wanting to rule everybody. Well, as we've learned earlier, Anakin is so dumb that he's actually told the Chancellor of the, the Senate or the Republic who he believes not to be evil at this point, that he slaughtered a bunch of innocent sand people on Tatooine. <laughs> because, again, it, if you go back to the idea that Palpatine is his father figure, he trusts Palpatine. He wants to work with Palpatine. And in a crazy alternate universe, better movie, this is the, you know, Palpatine is, is giving him life lessons when he's worried and confused and doesn't know who to turn to and the Jedi are frustrating exactly. him. I don't know. I remember when I told my dad about all those dead hitchhikers and it didn't go at all like this. This this could have been a better in a better movie. This would have been such a pivotal scene. You can think about so many other movies that happen where in the somewhere in Act Three there is a complete pause to the action. Maybe even other movies in which there is actually a scene like at the opera or at the theater where this the 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 corrupt father figure can talk to the growing in power but still quite impressionable young person to simply say that here's my worldview 
And here is a there are so many opportunities available to you right now. I don't want you to be set down the wrong path. And I'm going to explain to you what I how I see the world and why I believe that things have to be the way that they have to be. And given that this was a, a situation in which Anakin is now being told by being used by uh, the senator to say, I want you to be sort of my eyes and ears, my spy, as you will, to the Jedi Council. But the Jedi is saying, I want you to be my spy uh, into what the senator is going to. This could have been in a, in a better written movie with a better actor. This could have been one of those things that you just on the, when you're watching it on Blu-ray, you just replay that scene over and over again. As it is, it's completely squandered because what they want to do is simply say he doesn't want his wife to die and so he's willing to make a deal with the devil in order to make sure his wife doesn't die, which is boring as hell. Yeah. yeah. In the magical alternate version of this movie, you've got Anakin as a young kid who believes that, you know, truth and justice in the, you know, the American way for a better lack of term where, you know, he doesn't believe, he hates slavery. He wants everybody to be free. He wants, you know, he has all of these grand ideals about what politics should look like and then who are the first two people that he really meets or the first three people that he really meets and bonds with he meets a jedi knight who are supposed to you know uh resemble all good and that's good and wonderful in the universe he meets a queen who's very interested in politics and about doing the right thing and he meets you know the senator later the chancellor who is again ostensibly believes in the right way to do justice so in theory you could have built a movie on basically these three different viewpoints and how he's basically been tugged and pulled and his view his view has been shaped on this is the this is what democracy should look like this is this is why democracy is failing us this is why you know everything's falling apart and if you have palpatine from that idea being like i'm i'm subtly slowly shaping your view of what a good society should be and and why the jedi are are manipulating and destroying my society like there's again there's so much potential here yep. and all of it is completely wasted that's all the frustration just, unfortunately all of that would require subtext which this movie lacks yes. yeah yeah well and this is i mean this is uh one of the ways that I have a problem, I, I have these two problems. I have a problem with Anakin and the, as I mentioned, the problem with sort of how he becomes Darth Vader. And one of the problems is fundamentally, um, I don't feel like Anakin is, is I would have liked to have seen that story, Serenity, exactly what you're talking about. That Anakin, Anakin's not making a decision to sell his soul to save his his wife, like Andy said. I, I want An Anakin to believe that this is the best path he is and genuinely I, doing what he thinks is right and that he he has reasons to think that and although we look at it and go oh you know stupid kid you don't understand you don't you don't understand history you don't realize where this leads but we don't really get that we we just again there's the shortcut which is uh, you know a svengali takes him under his wing and hoodwinks him into doing things and 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 that's like when he's tricked, it doesn't have the impact of him making those decisions for himself and making those mistakes. He, he doesn't so, have any agency. He's, he's like just Forrest fooled. Gump. He's like a feather in the wind in this movie. Yeah. Like all his decisions are made for him by outside forces, and he just sits there and, and whines or is creepy. Yeah, but he, he's yeah, he's a, he's a chump. He's fooled. And, and, and again, if you then think this is Darth Vader, you think, oh my God, Darth Vader is not a chump who got who got tricked into becoming a Sith Lord and now just sort of has to live with it. That's not the Darth Vader that I have in my mind. Yeah. He has a consistent worldview that says that, look, you, 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 you rule by the fist 
and that you can't simply let things happen. You have to make things happen, and you basically have to do that through fear and intimidation. That's a worldview. That's not a well. I guess I guess this, <laughs> I guess I guess I have this job now, and I I don't want to move out of this my, my factory town, so I'm going to have to be the guy who fires people. It's like no, 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 no. This is not a worldview. Can you imagine a scene in the original trilogy where the real Darth Vader is told by the Emperor, "Hey, go kill some young youngs," and he says, "Sure." Why not? And immediately goes and does it. <laughs> sure, my master. Can we pause on the, like, the Kashyyyk stuff? Kazook. Please call it by its proper name. <laughs> Kazook. Kazoom. That's not the name. Uh, and let's talk about the the next Palpatine-Anakin scene. Which sure. Is the, because that is the one, actually, for me, that's the, that's the scene in the movie that I actually love, um, where Anakin finds out that Palpatine is a Sith Lord. And that's that's the only moment of betrayal that sort of feels real and feels true. Although I don't understand why he doesn't immediately just, you know, put him in shackles and walks away. Well, don't you feel like it's a scene It's a scene from The Wrong Trousers, the Wallace and Gromit movie, where Feathers <laughs> McGraw takes off the rubber glove and, and Wallace goes, oh my god, it's you! Yeah, it's you! Like, yeah. Says, yeah. So you're the Sith Lord! But yes, like, Anakin is the last one in the galaxy to figure this uh-huh. out. No, no one else in the galaxy has figured <laughs> well, it out. No. It's just the audience. Know, well, they should have. Everybody should know. No one else! Because everybody's been hoodwinked. Can you tell I'm a Sith Lord now? How about now? How about now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> there could be such a good Rift Tracks version of this scene that we could make. But I really do feel like there are, again, this, the scene itself is not perfect. But there are elements to the the way that he slowly kind of spins out who he is when he talks about Padme and when he talks about there are things that, that can be done, Anakin, really preying on his trust to the point where Anakin is legitimately legitimately like holy crap you're a crazy person why have i been listening to you you're you're horrible i need, i must inform the jedi council you know i'm i feel horribly betrayed like this is a again a scene from an alternate movie a much better movie where palpatine is his mentor and his idol and then all of a sudden palpatine basically in a in a way to try and help him and pull him over to to his worldview kind of reveals too much of his hand and Anakin's like whoa okay you know you've made my decision a lot easier i'm going to go to the jedi council now like that that pulled me into the movie and then of course the whole jedi council scene is dumb because a uh all why jedi wouldn't... council scenes are dumb yeah they have go- they have hologram google hangouts though that's well, kind of awesome. do, i am curious do. if you're going to check in remotely to the jedi council do you have to sit in a similar chair in order to join <laughs> in or, or does hollow skype automatically morph you into a proper comfortably seated position yeah no that's the that's always the confusing thing like are they sitting in a you chair must. It's the same the it's, holograms it's a filter. Filter. are in the chairs that's how it works is this is this just like the the chat cam is fitted with microsoft hololens like they're not actually there yeah yeah, that's, it's that's not, pretty it's much nice it. that the Wookiees uh, procured a Yoda-sized hollow chair. Yes, Yoda. They did. Well, he no, his people bring that along with him. Uh, his roadies in, in his little uh, almond-shaped spaceship. Yes. Incidentally, my favorite my favorite quote from that second Anakin Palpatine scene is I think is that where he says, "You know the dark side." And my my first thought was, "Yeah, I met him once or twice, you know, in a bar, nothing, <laughs> nothing serious." Maybe you've heard of it. How does it work? I, I like I, the relief carving in the background of that. They're like, there's another n- another setting with it. Like the opera set staging, I thought was interesting, and so was them having this confrontation. They have in, a little dance in front of that in front of that carving. Yeah. The um that this that's actually the scene where I wrote down Ian McDermott is pretty good. But uh, my problem with it, Serena, you're exactly right. The, the issue isn't with the scene. The issue is with 
you have not earned that scene yet because because what we want to see is Anakin fe- feeling like he trusts the the chancellor and that and that when he reveals to him that he's a Sith lord he already knows he's come along he's completely bought in instead of it being like he's kind of a bumpkin who needs to figure it out he should be with him there and you need for him to want something you need for yeah. him to want something plausible and believable for this vague notion like i had a dream a couple scenes ago and now i'm totally convinced my wife is going to die and i'm also totally convinced that the only way i can stop her from dying is going to the dark side and killing children like it's just nonsensical like it doesn't there is nothing he wants i want to believe that he has been truly wooed and he is a full-on believer in the cause here and not that he's using it as a means to an end and that's what it is i i, I just think that it's so it would be so much stronger if even the audience is now sort of questioning that gee we've we've always our, our opinion of the jedi has been formed based on the, the holy trilogy these two jedi that we're familiar with that are very very good people what if like the rest of them are kind of jerks that they that they sort of came up from it would be so much easier it's so much so much more interesting as the audience if it were like and Anakin is like a conservative Democrat. Palpatine is a cons- – I'm sorry, is a moderate Democrat. Palpatine is a moderate Republican where it is so easy to simply say – to make that little shift that, well, you know, these people have – the the people at the other end of the aisle have been demonized in my mind for so long. Actually, now that I understand this one person and his point of view, maybe I should be a, maybe I should be a Sith instead of a, a Jedi and make us in the audience think – you know, actually, the Jedi are kind of being jerks in that they're still kind of unfocused in what they're doing. And uh, I love that you used a political metaphor there, Andy, because that's perfect. I can hear Palpatine saying, please, Anakin, caucus with my party in the <laughs> Senate. We want universal health care, but we think that single payer is doomed to fail. It's supposed to be politics in the movie anyway. And yeah, you exactly. had to use a metaphor to explain it because it is so far distant from <laughs> oh, actual politics. Like, that's what it's actually supposed to be. It's supposed Look to actually be Iowa, political. they clearly see my way. <laughs> this is a perfect place for the worth of the use of death panels, and yet nobody even once brings them up. <laughs> well, we're, we're, actually, once in the West, the death panels, the ones that the lightsabers could not cut through, that we were talking <laughs> about point. earlier. Those are ray shields. Close, though. Ray shields Anakin, is also bad. I must go now. I am about to do a filibuster in the Senate. <laughs> I will be back. He, you know, he's he's got to go back into his office and call people for money for another they four They vote hours. for closure. <laughs> I will be back. I've got a JC's pancake breakfast in a key state. <laughs> you know, I actually feel that it's okay that he's not wooed in this scene. I actually, I like the fact that Anakin is like, I've bought into so much of your bullshit. And now that, you know, now that you're actually pulling back your 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 hood, so to speak, I'm actually horrified. I like that, you know, he's he's antagonistic and is like, I I want to kill you. I I need to like this is this is awful. I need to go away. I need some time to think. Because the again, the there's a scene in this movie that almost works and doesn't. And for a tiny, tiny fraction of a second. <laughs> well, no, but Palpatine is even playing him here because Palpatine knows this is going to be his reaction, wants him to go back. Yeah, go back to the Jedi and set like it's he's setting up the next scene, which has its own major problems. But he is setting up. Well, the next the next scene does have its major problems. But this is the again, the, the fantasy arc that I want for Anakin, where he's like, I trust Palpatine. Palpatine's betrayed me. I'm going to the Jedi Council. I've given this information to Mace Windu. He's doing this. You know, he's doing this. And while he's doing this, I start to get doubts because oh god you know maybe they'll kill him he's you know he is my father figure i should be there and then on top of that i have this worry about my wife and then you have him basically there witnessing mace basically threatening to do what he was afraid of and in in pure 
in anger, in shock, in like, in I don't know what to do, he ends up killing one of the greatest Jedi Masters alive. That's the interesting thing, though. It's like, if if you want to build that, like, in my in my fantasy universe, Anakin's swap to the dark side is basically his complete and utter horror at, I have fought, like, in a in a freak reaction, I've given up all of my dread eye training by killing this person, and now I have I have sunk to the very lowest of the low, and I don't know what to do with myself, right. and I'm I'm completely a shattered human being. I've Instead, already stepped over the line, and now there's no way back. Exactly, They're, the Jedi Council could never take me back. What would Obi Wan think of me? I have no like. What would Padme think of me? I I don't know what to do. I'm like. If that is that is what I want, and you get you get hints of it here and there, you get hints of it in the previous scene, and you get hints of it in the Mace Windu scene, but then it all goes crazy because then he's like, "All right, now I am a pawn. I obey you, master. Forever I will be Darth <laughs> Darth Vader." Like it fa- it swaps way too way too quickly. But that's the movie I want. Well, but but the, even the character who came out of that, even if that was the movie that was there, like. The Darth Vader that came out of that, it's like, I've now gone too far. I've made this terrible mistake, and a Jedi will never take me back, so I'm forced to go to the Sith side. That is not the, the Vader from A New Hope. The exactly. Vader from A New Hope is confident with his, that he's doing what is necessary. Like, he is a company right. man. He is not like, I've made a terrible mistake, and now I'm an outcast, and I have to hang out with these losers. He doesn't regret, you know. This is why, you know, so as long as we're talking fantasy universes, this is this is why, <laughs> in my version of this, this I want to see the story where you actually split this in two, and you do the fall of Anakin Skywalker as you're doing the rise of Darth Vader. Darth Vader operating from the shadows. No one knows who this new Sith apprentice is. And you can actually do that in such a way that you can kind of maintain the the big reveal in Empire Strikes Back at that point because if you believe at the end of this movie not to get too far ahead in the third act but if you believe at the end of this movie that Obi-Wan has essentially let Anakin Skywalker die and that you know most people are in the dark as to Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader there's still a compelling interesting story to be told there and we have an interesting reveal later on where you know we think you know it's kind of a double fake out because if we think that Obi-Wan has essentially caused Anakin Skywalker to die then we're watching you know episodes four and five with this whole different mindset like oh my god obi-wan is lying to him about darth vader killing his dad because actually it was obi-wan who killed his dad so it's kind of like makes a great red herring track there and i think you know by having this as john points out you know darth vader is supposed to be a willing participant in this so this doesn't really sell in some way but if you have the idea instead that the emperor is trying to sort of extend his tendrils throughout it's entirely plausible that you he's got like you know we've already seen three or four different apprentices for him right so you know we've already got this idea that maybe he would have developed you know anakin and sort of slowly rather than having this cataclysmic event and pairing the rise of darth vader with the fall of the republic if vader is sort of like seduced over before then and we sort of see him you know appearing in the armor or in like a mask or something like that because trying to conceal his identity and maintain this dual life and feeling maybe you know not necessarily conflicted but essentially trying to hide from his wife and his friend what he is doing even though he believes it to be something that he needs to do like i think there's a far more compelling story there but that doesn't exist i think that would be really interesting with the exception of i don't think that he would ever kill children in that yeah well that that's a whole separate that scene is pointless palpatine cycling through sith lords like that's kind of like a running gag in this movie yeah Mm -hmm. He goes on too many yeah. Sith dates, but he can't make them stay. <laughs> See, that's, that's something that I've really wondered about, because is this a case of musical chairs where Darth Vader became his, the Emperor's right hand for 30 years simply because he was the only he was the one left standing when the music <laughs> he, stopped? Well, or was, he was or left was laying be, down, or, or, kind of. Or, 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 was it, or was it because Palpatine 
actually saw something in Anakin that he actually liked and respected, saying that if there's someone I'm going to trust to be my, again, my fist throughout the galaxy, this is the guy that I really want by my side. Yeah, or, you'd, you'd want Anakin a, to, this to guy's have agency. The biggest, this guy's the biggest dope, this big, the, the biggest corn husk I've ever seen. I'm this the, is the issue, right? Is that is that the, the prequel trilogy Anakin, you think... Palpatine chose him because he's a, a convenient sucker. Whereas the original trilogy, uh, Darth Vader, you think, oh well, he, he's the right hand because he's a he's a badass. Right. But they don't exactly. connect. They don't. And, and connect. like the whole idea is that the Sith, like it's the dynamic that's presented in the movies, should be like that. It's the strongest one, and he also picks the strongest one, and the other strong one eventually overthrows that one. Like the cycle repeats. Like it's you're trying to breed stronger and stronger Sith. You're never going to pick a sucker because like why would you pick a sucker and, and a wimpy guy? You would always want the super powerful one and he has to he has to believe in the cause he has to be willing to like there can't be any the whole you know there is no conflict like the only time this there should be conflict in vader is at the very end when luke redeems him everybody's up to that vader's got to be totally convinced that what he's doing is the right thing and you know it was kind of a shame when his wife died or was killed or however you want it to happen but this is what the galaxy needs. Like, and it's right. just that, right. that Vader's not in this movie. Other than that, you know, if we go with the, I create, I created you using midichlorians. You're my perfect yeah, apprentice. He should, he should be disappointed. I created you and you? you're just you're an dumb. Midichlorians <laughs> don't work. I picked a random slave woman on Tatooine. Why? I don't, I don't know. know. The universe makes those choices. Yeah, I, I created you and I wanted Michael, but I got Fredo. I created you and I can uncreate you. <laughs> Let's go back to the real movie. And Time we're going, and not the fantasy movie. To? We're going to go no. back. To, we're going to go to Kashyyyk, or as we like to call it, Kazook. Kazook. <sighs> My uh, the Wookies are there. My kids uh, were watching at this point, and they're like, "Hey, I remember this level from Lego Star Wars." So there's that. <laughs> it's it's now been at this point nearly thirty minutes without a damn thing happening in the movie. Yeah. And Steve, to your point, my note says forty five minutes in. What is happening? Nothing is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but then something happens for about thirty seconds, and then nothing happens again. Yeah, I think it's a really <laughs> clever idea. I, I suspect that they are invading. Ka- Kashyyyk here on Life Day because they're going to catch, catch the Wookiees off guard. There is a big tree back in the background. Looks like it could be Chewbacca's tree. It's yeah. possible. We hear a really super cheesy Tarzan sound effect. Oh my god, that's the oh worst my. thing in the movie. Another riff to Episode Six, which in that case yes. was also still kind of a dumb joke. Super cheesy. Uh, and uh, Obi Wan talks to some clones and takes off. And uh, yeah, General Grievous is there. I, my notes at this point break down to this is all just nonsensical. We yep. show up. At, everything that happens in this movie is we show up at a random planet and then there's a plot thread and a fight. Oh, you've got the, you've got the Wookiees all behind their barrier. And then once the things start landing on the beach, they all jump over the barrier and, and run, run down the beach yes. to be shot at. Yes. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, Obi-Wan decides he needs to be really sneaky. And so his choice of on ways to do that lizard. is get on yeah. a giant lizard and ride around. Yeah. Definitely the notes? most unobtrusive. Yes. John and I have the same notes. It's a giant lizard that makes a loud, high pitched noise. Every <laughs> <That's 10 laughs> best. If you're going to spy on people. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest green lizard, lizard with feathers you can and, and yeah, ride my, that lizard. My follow-up note is, seems like a dumb plan, Obi-Wan. I, I like that the stupid Trade Federation guys are around. It actually sort of, I, I was like, oh yeah, those guys, Newt Gunray, all right. <laughs> Remember when you thought he was going to be really important? I like when Obi-Wan drops the big thing on, and smushes the droids. I thought that was I thought that was okay. General Grievous gets his, this is the most awesome Christmas toy ever moment where he's got the forearms and the, yeah. and the spinning lightsabers. <laughs> I wrote down, he seems, Grievous seems like a, a little 
little kid's idea, like, you know what would be awesome <laughs> is a, yeah. a robot with four lightsabers. You've summed up this entire trilogy, Jason. Who jumps into a little car wheel and spins around. <laughs> while... and, the car, and the wheel has legs. <laughs> also, my favorite part of that fight is the bit where they're fighting on the random platform with the ship in the back, like the starfighter there, which is expressly set up so that when Obi-Wan has to escape later, there's a starfighter there yeah. that he knows exists. Yep. He also bangs his head on it once, I think. For some reason, Pinhead shows up in this movie at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he meets Obi-Wan on... He's got the same robe, he's got the same head and everything. I did like that I noticed this time around, having watched this, and um, again, watching Star Wars Rebels, I'm like, oh, it's the same race as the Inquisitor. And sure enough, it is. I sent a plot to destroy the Jedi. That is the worst line in this movie. I'm going to put that one. I'm sorry. There are a lot of bad lines, but uh, like... No, oh. no, I, 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 the worst line has yet to come. The worst line is at the end, I think. Someone gave him pages to the script there. He's like, ah, oh, yes, if I flip ahead a few pages, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. <laughs> so we do see Newt Gunray again at this point. Of all the frickin' characters to last through all three prequels, I know. it's Newt Gunray. <laughs> I was happy to see Newt Gunray, honestly. Not, not Darth Maul, but... Nope, Newt Gunray. He's the guy. You, you remember him from that terrible first scene of the terrible first movie? No. And he's still not. around. It was so terrible. Hello there. There's a Jedi here? <laughs> I had a couple comments of the Obi-Wan Grievous fight. One is yes. that Obi-Wan is dumb enough to try and box him, which seems like a really dumb idea when he's made of metal. <laughs> they do show him kick, kicking him and hurting his shin, so I give a yeah. thumbs up to that. Two, his bad robot design to have your heart only protected by a couple panels and not like, you know, a solid like box made out of carbonite. But I do think that his death is kind of cool, and I do like that Obi-Wan yeah. shoots him with Fire! a blaster. Yeah, yeah although, I kind of dig that. Although Obi-Wan spends a lot of time hanging off the edge of things. In this <laughs> he does. really does. Yes, he does. Like, it's just, he's barely on his feet. The, um, the really depressing thing about this fight is, like, four lightsabers should be a really freaking cool fight. Like, it really should. Well, um, it is cool when he first deploys it. Well, it is, except for the fact that then everything moves so fast yeah. and is in, again, the medium, the medium to close shot that you can't tell what the heck's going on. It's yeah. just light everywhere. There's light and not actually fighting or choreography or interesting yeah, back and like forth. Terrible choreography. Someone online told me, like, as I was watching this and tweeting about it, someone's like, episode one has the best fight scenes. I'm like, you know what? That's true. Yeah. It has much yeah, better fight scenes than any of the rest of the movies. Well, I don't know where their stunt coordinator went, but like, uh, apparently they, it was Ray, unfortunately, when they cut he Darth Maul in half, half they yeah. also cut Ray Park in half. And he's like, nope, can't work for you guys anymore. Sorry. We have another instance here of Obi-Wan dropping his frigging lightsaber again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, needs, he needs those little mitten <laughs> straps, strap, said. Man. Yeah, yeah, he needs the Wii remote strap. But he does have the... Uh, he, he, that, that allows him to shoot Grievous with a blaster, which is, is a kind of cool moment because that's the, a Han Solo right. way out As of He shoots this, him right? multiple times in the chest and uh, road flares shoot out of his eyes. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's clear that he has no lungs at this point, so why he's coughing, I still don't know. Oh. But uh, R.I.P. General that's Grievous. That's his weak point. The line's so uncivilized, got a half laugh out of me. Yeah, I mean, it, the <laughs> delivery was okay, but, you know, like, I, I think I, that, that fight scene is fine. Although we don't really care that much about Grievous, we do kind of care about Obi-Wan because Ewan McGregor imbues him with some sense of humanity. He has a, a little charm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the Jedi come to get uh, Palpatine. And this is a fight that I think I think John, you talked about this on the talk show. Yeah, this is this is, this is the, the fight where question. many Jedi die fight. very, very, very quickly. <laughs> and then there's a battle between Mace Windu and uh, and Palpatine. I, I want to point out my uh, my biggest beef with this entire movie starts here, 
And that is that from this point on, which is at, at one hour and eight minutes, right at the end of the Grievous battle, not a single positive thing happens in this film. It is just relentlessly bleak. Yeah. There's there's nothing fun whatsoever. There's no minor victories. There's no comic relief. Uh, not even of the you know. Uh, we don't even have puns from C three PO. No. There's nothing, and it's it seems like you know the chips were down in Empire for a lot of it, but there were still these little minor victories, and there's the you know the escape from uh, Bespin, and all that stuff going on. There are people to root for, though, Steve. That's the thing. There's someone to root for and hope that they survive. In this case, who do you want to survive? That should lessen the pain, not not make it worse. (laughs) But the fact is, I mean, even though I don't care about these people, I still I just dread watching the rest of this movie because nothing good is going to happen. It's just going to be crap fest after crap fest. And, uh, you know, it's just that's not what I want in my happy, fun time, space adventure movie. I I have to say the scene where Anakin tells Mace Windu, I've just learned a terrible truth, a terrible line. Um, I expect them to break into song a little bit. Mace Windu seems really unsurprised by it, like, oh, crap, Mo, we better go arrest him. I wanted Samuel Jackson to be like, mother... (laughs) That's right. What? He doesn't seem like he knows what to do with this role. It's like like they uh, they cast Sam Jackson and they asked him to act out of character. Be not not Sam Jackson for this movie, please. Be anybody but Samuel Jackson. We'll put you in the movie because you want to be in Star Wars, but we're not going to let you be... We'll give you a great fight scene at the end, but... We're going to shave your eyebrows and make you sad. He has some range. If you You've seen him in other dramatic roles. He has range. He can be downtrodden. He could be. He could be calm. He could be yeah. subtle. He's better as Nick Fury for Absolutely. crying out loud. John, he's he better did, in the Capital was... One card commercials than he is in this movie. <laughs> this this was very. I think he was very much riffing on. Was his was his role in uh, uh, Jackie Brown before this or after this? Because I really think that's the most similar character to what he was doing as Mace Windu. That's this is a guy who, this. who will definitely you know blow your head off or cut your cut your lightsaber arm off, but will also like will stop and think and figure things out. Well, he doesn't think very hard. He says things like, "It's really dangerous to put Anakin and Palpatine together." Mere oh, seconds well, after he's just done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't 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 blame Mace, Mace Window for the words that he was forced to say at, <laughs> at, at by, by contract. Once again, the the Emperor Mace Window fight is also really terrible. It's it's very slow and ponderous in some ways, and there's a huge reliance on the Ian McDermott stunt double, like jumping and flipping all over the place, right. which never doesn't look stupid. Like any scene where any of the Jedi. Do that like with Christopher Lee or Ian McDermott, anyone or who's Yoda. clearly not able to do that. And yeah, it has to do the like jumping around and barrel rolling and spinning. It's like it never looks good. It's a crappy fight well, scene. Well, you see, they're desperately trying to get the high ground down. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> So the, so the question that came up on the talk show about the scene is the essential question is, is Palpatine sandbagging? Is he intentionally, could he have killed Mace Windu easily? Oh, yeah. But totally. forced, him, forced himself to, now I don't think that's clear from the movie. I don't think it's entirely clear because Mace Windu is put up as kind of like the most powerful Jedi and he, you know, unstoppable or whatever. And, you know, is, is this gambit by Palpatine to say, I'm going to make it look like I'm about to die when really I'm not just to force Anakin to kill Mace to bring him over my side? Or... Was uh, Palpatine actually a little bit overwhelmed and actually needed Anakin to save him, but knew that he would? I think Palpatine's terrible acting answers that question. Like, oh, oh, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. I'm so weak. <laughs> yeah, that, at that point, he looks like he's sandbagging, but yeah. all the previous points, it looks like you were being legitimately beaten. And if Anakin wasn't there to save you, and like, and then, of course, the problematic part is that Mace is like, no, we've got to kill him, despite the fact that I totally don't do that, yeah. but I have to do it for purposes of the plot, so you'll kill me, whatever. Well, because he is so powerful that I don't think I'll ever have control. And then Anakin 
killed a guy 20 minutes ago. My argument is that is that Palpatine is trying to stay clean and beat Windu with the lightsabers and all that. And then in the end, he get, he uses the force lightning and gets all super wrinkly and goes like, he taps the final thing he needs. So I think yeah, he that's, always that's can beat him. That's the sandbagging part. Is like, yeah. well, if he, was, if he was sandbagging, why would he have ruined his face that badly? Like, he would be like, okay, that never makes sense to me anyways. There's no explanation of what causes no, that. That's just like, to, to make him look like he does in the other movies. Yeah, I know, it's so obvious. dumb. Yeah. It's yeah. so dumb. I'm all wrinkly now, but it's, oh, I, it was just an injury that but, but see, that's why that's why i think he wasn't sandbagging because you wouldn't let that happen to you but uh, basically the bottom line is i think it's poor movie making that we can't tell what the <laughs> yeah. clearly no, what the intention that's, that's, was by the way, sandbagging when anakin not. walks in and is con and is conned by the emperor into believing that this is a terrible jedi plot does he miss the like pile of dead jedi bodies <laughs> that is in the right. entryway who I mean, been... assumes mace killed them too because mace has just gone nuts now he's killing everybody well, it's a terrible jedi plot but if the jedi have come to assassinate him he's probably Probably gonna fight back. No, it's a terrible Jedi plot in the sense that it's just a really bad plan. Why did he bring the worst three idiot Jedi with him to take on Palpatine? Those guys go down yeah. so fast. Well, that was, that was who's yeah. available. Those Jedi just stand there and get stabbed. Yeah, the rest of them are on holograms. The Jedi are supposed to have some level of like danger sense, right? And like be able to tell nope. when bad nope. crap's about to happen. Not in this case where they all get summarily dispatched. The poor Jedi that gets killed on the flower planet. She just raises yeah. her arms in the air and oh, falls yeah. to the ground. It's like the worst death ever on film. Yeah, yeah. yeah but these three guys are supposed to be like Windu's guard, and they go down like the the battle droids. No, they're like they're like the, the enemies in a ninja movie. Like a one at a time, they just throw themselves onto the they're enemy minions. Sword. They're minions. They only have one hit point. Oh, that's how they it just is. go right down. Yeah, if, they, if there had been only one of them, then it I will say tough. that this scene makes me sad because, and again, so much stuff that's like brought in from the baggage of the Clone Wars series. But there are characters here that I actually grew to give a give a crap about because of the Clone Wars series. Like the most damning thing to me in this entire thing is when you know Obi Wan's. Uh, clone buddy Cody Commander tries to Cody. have him killed and Commander Cody's a great character in this series who's like steadfast and always by his side and like the scenes the Clone War episodes that deal with the whole like clones being programmed to essentially accept this order and kill Jedi is super creepy and done really well because to, in, in those cases it's always like they're sort of fighting against it and they don't realize that they've been programmed where in this one it just seems like they knew all along it had in their back pocket like oh yep time to shoot this okay. guy the, the clones aren't characterized at all in this in the entire pre no. series like they're they not. are characters no. in the clone war cg series and this they're just they, like, might as well well, be droids. they were stormtroopers they might as well have their helmet on because they all look the yeah. same and they're not really characters anyway so just well, ignore they're cannon them. fodder i mean i think lucas was afraid to make characters that would die that people would be worried about so right like stormtroopers were the little kids but master yoda the, yeah, he uh, changed his mind somewhere between episode two and three plo Koon dies too poor plo Koon. i loved him yeah. so mace windu dies and we get the crowning of, of Darth Vader, that you shall be known as, let me check my Rolodex, uh, <laughs> Vader, Darth Vader, yes. Wait, what's coming up? We just had Darth, Darth Wacky. What names haven't we used yet? Darth Fuzzy Socks. Oh, He's no, literally gone in alphabetical order. Yeah. Maul, Tyrannus, <laughs> ah, Vader, yes, that one I really liked. That was going to be for my third child. Well, we have Darth Uranus, but I think we'll skip that one. <laughs> go, go to the Jedi Temple, do what must be done, Lord Vader. And, and this is one I wrote in my notes. Are the are we now to believe that his visions of Padme's death might actually just be fake put in his mind by Palpatine? Because he seems to do it all because of Padme. So that would be I'm just saying, maybe. That's that's well that that's another in a better movie. 
Like yeah. this, I, I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm so I am so prone every time I, I and every mm-hmm. time I, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, oh, isn't this sophisticated? Isn't this subtle? And then I think of, no, this is not the. No, I've seen the fingerprints on this movie. This is not the <laughs> fingerprints of someone who's thinking that deeply. Also, please execute order sixty six. I've I've given you a list of orders from one to sixty six. <laughs> one being the best, sixty six being the most evil. Order sixty five was just to get him lunch. They're not really in priority order. Don't forget fifty seven, which is. To pick up my my Quiznos sub. <laughs> well, it's interesting that he only has to say "execute order sixty six to like one third of the clones, and the rest of them, you know, the lead clone can just turn to him and nod, and they know exactly what yeah. that well, means. Yeah, they all they have it's the all secret programming. Got the, yeah, yeah, the clone. Been been also, yeah, here's here's where it becomes even dumber that the stormtroopers are apparently clones because it's clear here that these clones can actually hit somebody with a blaster. Yeah. Well, they clone them off Jango Fett. Yeah. He should be able to hit something. Yoda feels that there's something bad going on and he stops something. Never trust clones. That's the lesson we've learned here. Never trust a clone. Yeah, Yoda at least has danger sense. It's not so easy to just walk up and kill Yoda, apparently. Okay, so that was my two my two notes about this. One of them is how do none of the Jedi survive except Yoda and Obi-Wan? All the they rest all, of them were that suck. bad? They're terrible. They're that yeah, bad? Like, they, are made to, they are made to look incompetent. These characters, you know, who are like sitting around the Jedi Council. Well, they well, let's remember this. This is sort of proven false because they they have this whole like actions quote action unquote sequence, which they got to get back into the temple to turn on the to, to modify the beacon so it's warning Jedi not to come not to come back, which kind of indicates that they know there are others out there and just whatever whatever it is we're tear up your membership cards. Don't there's gonna be no more meetings. You can stop making lightsabers. Pick up a pick up farm implements. You are now in the you're now in the Etsy business. You're gonna be, start a general store on the outer rim and just don't tell anybody about your past. Or start a start a diner. Fifties diner, maybe be a cloner. You got lots of options. The only reason I buy Order sixty six is the Jedi that we're seeing primarily are flying and otherwise working with clones that presumably they trust. All of the people we show, again, we don't know just from watching this movie who they are, but with Clone Wars backstory and all of that, these are all fairly prominent Jedi leaders who have been working, working on the front lines for the war. So all of them presumably have clone troopers that they know and they trust and they've worked with. So it's more... It should be damning, right? It should be yeah. my, you know, who I thought had my back have now shot me in the back. It and should I, feel like a betrayal. Well, it is. Exactly. It's a, con- a complete and total betrayal. And that is why the Jedi fall so easily who are in sort of – are in and around the clone troopers is that they don't expect it. And they don't, you know, and they've been blinded by either Palpatine's supreme power or just hubris to not think that they might get hurt. Uh, like, I, I – I, I did think that was really cool. It's it's sort of like oh my oh my, it's like imagine in our country where it's like oh my god there's like a really really horrible we're being invaded. Don't worry, each one of the senators we're going to have five army guys accompanying you at all times. Oh great, I've got army guy, I got a personal five five army guy guard. It's like no, they're there to make sure that when the final order comes, there are five people to shoot you. I like that. That was oh. a, that was a there's there, there's so many t- so many symbols that this could have been a really really good plot and a really really good plan. But but Jedi sense when other Jedi or anybody dies like the, the, the yeah. whole reason that Yoda lives is like oh he senses the other one dying yeah. unless they kill them at exactly precisely the same moment and all the other ones are their spidey sense to mix things are going to have to be tingling oh they someone just killed happening oh. at the same time y- Yoda's a little further away and so it's there's more yeah, of a delay. Because, because he Jet gets lag. the feeling he gets like oh something terrible is happening which is why when the clone trooper comes up behind him he loses his head in two seconds which is you know appropriate realistic <laughs> possible that Yoda's special 
the um so uh Anakin goes to the Jedi Temple and kills all the little kids because it might save his secret wife. Maybe? Yeah, that's 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 his logic. I, I believe yeah. I, this, the whole thing is motivated by a crazy dream, and his logic is if I kill these kids, I will it will save my wife who will surely surely still love me after I kill these kids. Mm-hmm. So again, in secret alternate movie, what I would love to have seen was Anakin goes into the Jedi camp- temple, finds the kids, herds them all into a room, and is basically like, there are people attacking the, the temple. Please don't come out. Hide in here. Then he goes in search of the other adult Jedi, kills the adult Jedi. He hasn't gotten all of the kids. Tiny little kid sees him, sees him killing the Jedi, runs <laughs> off to tell the other kids. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Runs off Why to tell the other kids. Why are you chopping He's... our tree up with your lightsaber? <laughs> Why? Why are you chopping all of our Jedi <laughs> teachers to bits? But that, but then he feels forced to kill the kids, and then it's not just I'm super evil. Or he comes back to the room with the kids and says, "Guys, we're going to uh, Chancellor Palpatine's daycare from now on." <laughs> or there are no young youngs in the stupid Jedi Temple to begin yeah, with. No young youngs. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Well, I, I, when, when they find the bodies later, apparently these children died of a broken heart, as another character will later in this movie, yes. because there is not a mark on them. They nope. didn't have the guts. That they want. They wanted you to think that he killed them, but they didn't want to show a single scorch mark, let alone blood or anything like that. Someone is seen to have been killed by a lightsaber. Yeah. Yes. Later they say it's they've been killed by lightsabers, so maybe their necks were all cut. Yeah, they say it, but they don't show it. Like it's, they just show a bunch of kids laying down. No, it's not a mark. Because this is a dark movie, John. That's what I'm saying. Like they show him on fire with his oh, limbs no, cut off later. But dark one, Dan. The dark. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. For <laughs> okay. I want to know whose whose stupid kid is it that says, "Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do?" Because that is the worst line reading in any Star Wars film. Well, give him no, a break. That one's a kid, and I think Hayden Christensen, yeah. who's an adult, has way worse line readings than that. Uh, no, no, no. It's so so bad. We get uh oh, we we also have our Chewbacca cameo around now, which is like thank you Chewbacca. Okay, he gets on his shoulders. <laughs> Yoda takes off in his almond. In his almond, yes, that's right. Uh, Jimmy Smiths, we get to see he runs away. Run away, Jimmy Smiths. It's bad. You can Run still away. become president someday, Jimmy. Smiths. And you go and he goes back to the white ship that we that is from the from the original Star Wars. The white um, ship with black curtains. Uh, Obi-Wan does what he always does, which is land on a planet and do something and take off. That's all he ever, <laughs> ever does. He does it again. Many Jedi have been killed. We get some nice use of the po- the passive voice there. Many Jedi have been killed. By who? Somebody. Yoda knows. He doesn't want you to look at the tapes. He knows what's on them. And th- this is when I hit my Natalie Portman despair and I wrote down, if only we believed anything about this, if only Padme were anything but just the girlfriend. She does nothing. Worst fake crying natalie yeah. sorry i love you <laughs> worst fake crying I, I i like seeing the white ship the the you know what what is that the tantive tantive four yeah four yeah uh i liked seeing that that would that made it's like i remembered a good movie when i saw that part yay speaking, speaking to steve's point about there being no comic relief this really depressing scene when anakin goes back to talk to padme and then R2, who's been with him. And, like, this is the thing that really upsets me, <laughs> yeah. is that... Yeah, was R2, R2 witness to all of the young Right, Anakin? he was okay with it. Right, and so, like, having the droids be a party to Anakin's life totally corrupts them, in our view, yes. because they're now tainted by association. And so we get the line where 3PO says, well, he is under a lot of stress. <laughs> what the actual... <laughs> I think the most repeated line in this film, though, is R2, stay with the ship. So he's yeah. always being told. <laughs> and he's going to be like, yeah. dude, I'm in the ship. I have to stay with the ship. I'm playing I am part of the, the ship. ship. <laughs> yeah. If R2 was okay with the killing and mass murdering of innocents, my, my heart will be crushed. 
<laughs> so Anakin comes to check on Padme and the baby. Oh, by the way, I just killed a bunch of toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a great dad. I got blood on my hands. Sorry. How's our baby? I did it for it's you. It's cool, though, because you're going to be okay, baby. I did, it. I did it for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that dream I had about you is totally not going to come true now. I know right. you're really worried about I'm that. I'm going to be the greatest dad ever. If ever we need to kill our kids, I know totally how I've to done do that. that. I also, I can, I can guarantee that. our son is going to be top of the class of young youngs. But here's the, <laughs> here's the most important part of the movie, then, is what happens next, which is, can you, can you, can you guess? I have initiated a special session of Congress to blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. <sighs> I think that got me is that at some point, I think it's the scene where the Obi-Wan is looking at the security footage. He says something like, oh, we better go, you know, shouldn't we go confront the Emperor or something? I'm like, really? We're already calling him the Emperor? Like, yeah. you know, one day and proclaiming his Galactic yeah. Empire and we're just going to give that to also, him? Also, he says, no, I can't believe it. It can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could kind of believe it. That kid was always kind of screwed up. Also, did you notice that as soon as Anakin is fully on board as being Darth Vader, they give him the evil ship to fly? Oh, yeah. It's like, no, no, now that you're a Sith Lord, you get the cool evil ship to fly. It's a perk. I also don't get why everybody in the Senate is that happy about the Empire. They're like... Yeah, they they didn't... They didn't spend any time explaining why, like, people would go along with this, or... This is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Yeah, it's set up for that terrible line... Which, which in some ways could have been a good line in, in 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 that mystical other universe movie, but like it doesn't make any sense here because we don't. Uh, despite all the time we spend on politics, none of those politics have any substance. We have no understanding of why anybody would be excited about being in the Empire. This is the official start. Remember the scene in in Patton where the there's a the final scene in the in the German bunker where every general is just burning papers as fast as they possibly can before the allies come in. This is to me that's like the the start of the part of this movie where oh like we just have to start burning papers. We start have to we have to start making sure that everything that happens after this for, for the twenty years between this movie and episode four makes some kind of sense. They need to have they need to make sure that the emperor has absolutely achieved a victory here. He doesn't have to take out the Senate. He doesn't have to fight a long, long campaign. He is the victorious champion of a force of light that has that has gotten rid of those people who were filing those tax impound forms yes. incorrectly or whatever the hell was the, the call from episode one said. Dispute. You know, so yay, hooray. I said, oh, isn't it? It's, it, and oh my God, he was so horribly scarred. He will bear like the, the proudly the symbol of how much he sacrificed to make us, make us victor, victorious and feel good about ourselves. So it's, it's almost like the Falkland, the Falkland Islands conflict, you know, in, in writ in like 1080p uh, digital. Um, I, I like, I mentioned Newt Gunray earlier. I enjoyed Newt Gunray dying at this Yay. point. It's yeah. like they're killing a part of episode one, and I approve. I have that line actually written down. Hooray, he's going to kill Newt Gunray. <laughs> no, I know. And I wrote two races to live. <laughs> There's also a line here somewhere. I forget who says it, but he says the chancellor will not be able to control the thousands of star systems without keeping the Senate intact. Which Isn't that the first thing he does yeah. in episode four? Yeah, yeah. Episode? well, but he does like twenty years later for twenty years, and then he yeah. dissolves the Senate. You know, but it, it does seem clearly a setup line to be like, all right, we're going to get back to this. And like, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tie back to well, how how will he get? You know, fear will keep the local systems in line. Fear of what? Fear of this battle station, but it's not built yet. So you know, you got to keep the keep Senate the Senate around. around just for 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 fun. It takes him a hell of a long time to build that battle station. It the is they built they uh, built the know. new one in like a couple of years, but no, they built them both at the same time. Clearly, why? Well, yeah. why pay for one? 
one when, when I build you one, build one, you build two for twice the price. price. Yes, it's, thank it's, you. It's, it's, it's like pharmaceuticals. <laughs> you know, the first Death Star takes, takes, costs 80 trillion. The second one costs only 18 cents. Plus, they didn't really finish the second one. No, they didn't. Exactly. They just made it operational, but it was still pretty much just superstructure. It was, it was like Fly the through the superstructure. <laughs> My comment about Anakin killing all the uh, the the sad racist trade trade federation folks is the if you <laughs> the best thing, he's standing out on that balcony then he's all cowled up and supposed to look angry and it zooms in and you see a he's single crying. T- yeah. a single tear oh, he yeah. didn't cry about yeah, slaughtering he's all broken children up about killing about new gun guys he's like, yeah. man that was the, that was across the line killing the kids was fine I went back yeah. to pad me five minutes later and I was like yeah everything's gonna be fine but I kept to kill new gun Ray and it really upset me <laughs> I had a new gun Ray action figure I I, I've known him since I was a little kid. You're a Jedi now, Annie? No, no! <laughs> I remember when you were small and you destroyed my ship accidentally. Yeah, exactly. No, then there's a scene in which he finally like collect, like opens his mail that's been piling up. Congratulations, or the Jedi Council confers upon you the title of Master. Sorry it took us so long, but you know we've been busy. Like, ah, oh, damn it. And the title of Weepiest Sith Lord goes to... Oh. Yeah, there are a lot of Iron Eyes Cody moments in Anakin's uh, <laughs> shots here. He's very distressed about all the litter in the galaxy. Everybody decides to go to Lava World. <laughs> I like that, that Padme Lava says, besides World. 3PO will look after me. Least reassuring words yeah. ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 3PO really gets short shrift in this movie, doesn't he? Does, yeah. does he have like three lines in the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, no puns. He works I don't lot, like his though. puns, but for Pete's sake. Also, Obi-Wan stows away in the John of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that where he's at? I also like whenever they, whenever the Jedi use their force powers to close doors. It is my favorite thing ever because it's yeah. like he could just push push the button, but he too lazy. He just, just close yeah. the door. Mm-hmm. The uh, this is where I I really kind of run out of any um, respect for or like of Padme. Well, here's here's one thing you have to respect. Okay, she's going to give birth in a matter of hours to full seemingly to, to two seemingly full term babies, and. And she prances down the walkway of that ship like like she is light as a feather. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm going to give birth in hours. And but look, doop, 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 you know, I, I mean, she's not very big. It's fine. She's supposed to be pregnant with twins. Doesn't really quite work. But she's just running around. So she is a superwoman. So in this scene, again, trying to set up Anakin as a different character than we've actually seen. He says, we could overthrow the emperor, emperor yeah. and rule together where, as where, father where and mother. Where does for power come from? Nowhere. Yeah, but, and, and but her response to that is, I don't believe what I'm hearing, and I'm not sure why, because this kind of fascist rambling is pretty par for the course for what Anakin has busted out in their political discussions so far. I thought yeah. that was just Natalie Portman saying that. <laughs> yeah, right. No, he, no, this is this is the best. This is the best meaning the worst line in the movie. Where in, in this scene, you know, George is like, "What we need to have happen here is that Anakin needs to break Padme's heart." And, <laughs> okay, Padme line ready, pa- Anakin. You're breaking my heart. You can't just write that. You have to show us. You can't just. I say, don't know you anymore. Stop you now. Can't Come make back. The person I love say you. That you. Like it's the lazy breaking of all the things heart. that you need to show on scene. Showing someone breaking someone's heart is not hard to do. Like no. it's pretty darn easy. Like of all the, it's not very subtle. But have her to have her say the lines. Like you don't understand how writing works. What are you doing? And the delivery is different too. Like I wrote down my note here was saying versus acting, and so it really is just like these people are just reading lines. These are actors who signed a three picture deal. <laughs> they boy, they were regret. That after picture one, they can't get out of it. The only way this line works is if she's sarcastic. Oh, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. That's the only way that line works as written. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's really 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 bad. So he force chokes her. 
Um, my allegiance is to democracy. Most boring democracy versus tyranny. There's another great line. If you're not with me, you're my enemy. Yeah, right. right. He, he, can't, he can't say you're against me because he didn't want to do a cliche, right? The line that immediately follows that is this. Only a Sith <laughs> deals in absolutes. I hate to tell you, Obi-Wan, but that's an absolute, you knob. <laughs> exactly. Which is like un- unintentionally. Yeah, the unintentional <laughs> irony from that is <laughs> unself-aware, completely unself-aware. Yeah, George Lucas or whoever ghost wrote that line, but I'm going to say George Lucas. How do you not realize that as you're writing that? Oh, this is a really good line. So, here's the thing about this movie. It's like we talk about like we were on the bad movies, things we watch the core and stuff like if you show a normal person this movie, they will laugh. At scenes that are not supposed to be funny, because you can't like <laughs> yeah. they're not they don't know they're supposed to have any reverence or Star Wars or anything. They'll watch it and they'll laugh at it the way you laugh at a bad movie. And the only reason we're not able to do that is because we're so upset that they ruined right. this, <laughs> this movie. That a single been tear is pouring down your face oh. as you stare at the screen. Yeah, that's right. Just the single tear. Well, and what what I say is. I don't like this movie. That's because you're so in love, Jason. No. So let's see. If you're, there's a duel, then. Suffice it to say there's a duel. I, I, I don't think we can suffice it to say, because this lightsaber well, battle reminded me so of bad. nothing so much as Man of Steel. Remember Man of Steel when you have uh, the action figures banging against yeah. each other? Yeah. This lightsaber battle is... Like at this point, you're totally you're totally signed out. You're totally checked out because of like the ridiculousness of this entire thing. And like, they're going to hit lightsabers against each other repeatedly for a long time with no dialogue, pretty much. Like they don't talk to it. They talk a little bit in the beginning, and then it's like, bang, bang, bang. It's just like, oh, they're bouncing God, around. It, it was it, it's Man of Steel all over again. Any drama this saber battle might have had is completely dissipated by about around minute forty. Not not short enough, it was, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> you know, the lightsaber battle at the end of episode one isn't bad. And this is not that. This is, no. is part of it is being drained of any interest in these characters. Part of it is that it is like video game figures banging up against each other. Um, I also feel that at some point right around here, maybe when Steve cited a little bit earlier where it's sort of like nothing good happens past this point, I feel like the movie shifts from being the obligatory list of references to the, we now, we've this is the part we wrote early that we knew was going to be the end of the trilogy. And then everything else is backfilled to that moment. I feel like we're in that moment now where now we're completely on rails and everything yep. is just obligatory. It has to be this way. I wrote in a fanzine in 1978 that Darth Vader lost, you know, was scarred in lava. And so there has to be a lava planet and there has to be a battle and it is all yes. obligatory. Well, we're back to the point. dots. And it has to be bigger. It's like it's like the bad version of Return of the Jedi where they're like, we need an even bigger space battle. And I think they pulled that off. It's like, this needs to be the biggest lightsaber battle. They yeah. The most banging of lightsabers together. And they did that for sheer number of times two lightsabers hit each other this probably is the record but it's just monotonous and there's no pace to it and like i said they don't even talk to each other for half the scene compare it to like the you know empire strikes back scene with a battle that takes probably the same amount of time with like one ten thousandth the number of lightsaber clashes and 20 times the dialogue well should this not also be the ultimate yes decision it's so damning the decision point of these characters well there's one there's one moment in this that just makes me completely it it it, like anakin it breaks my heart uh, for the poor visual <laughs> effects guys, because there's that moment where they're they're clashing and they're they're standing on some sort of a pipe or something, and their lightsabers meet, and then there's like a gigantic wave of lava that shoots up behind them, and yeah. I can't see that and not think if this film had been done right, how absolutely beautiful that scene would have been, and how mm-hmm. moving yeah. and amazing it would have been, and instead it's just completely wasted on this piece of crap. This okay, we've got a we've got an awesome fight. That's great. 
lots of banging of lightsabers against other lightsabers. The whole point of this fight should be this is the final moment, not in lightsabers, but in characters where Obi-Wan and and, uh, Anakin are making their final arguments with each other, right? And that argument should be about, well, the Jedi is the Jedi is better. You need to rethink this and all of that. And instead, it's just we're we're enemies now. Let's fight and see who wins. And it's a it's a it's a shame. This should this is the tragic core of the story. Except it's not. It's just another lightsaber battle. Even more than that, Jason, I think it comes down to the personal relationship. These guys, you know, in a in a ham fistedly delivered line from Obi Wan later, these guys are best friends. These guys yeah. are brothers. And where's the, the tragedy? <laughs> that's the, it's the falling out of two people who are like really good friends. And that happens. And it's so like, again, like John's point about the like breaking your heart scene, like that's something that is not hard to show. But we want to feel that these guys who have suffered and been through so much together have just finally come to this, these loggerheads. And the only way to get that out is that they're physically going to fight. And and yet none of that, it's totally robbed of any emotion. It's a damn shame. And how much more meaning that would have if, if, uh, if Anakin had sort of gradually moved to a sort of semi-reasonable position on the Sith instead of killing younglings. Right. Yes. Uh, also, I, um, I'm reminded again to go back to the original trilogy of, you know, when last we met, you were the master. I, I kind of wanted that here. I wanted yeah. to feel more like this battle is really Obi-Wan holding, holding back because he can't bear. And, and there's a little of it, but I felt like I wanted to feel like Obi-Wan's the master here. He's got this. The only reason this goes on is he's trying very hard not to kill Anakin. He doesn't and want they, to. They have a real hard time yeah. leveling the power, um, the, like the balance in this right, thing. Right, because like, they're who all is, super is, powerful. Is Mace the window the most powerful? Or what about Yoda? But Anakin's supposed to be more powerful, but in general, Obi-Wan seems more, is it you know, like they, they don't have a good, they never really establish the power hierarchy of the Jedi, despite the fact that they have explicit lines like, my powers have doubled in but like <laughs> it's an 83 on the midichlorian scale it doesn't make sense how they stack up to each other which makes these which makes these scenes unclear again you know is obi-wan holding back is palpatine holding back is like you, you never quite know where is the hierarchy of power was so much clearer in the original trilogy where you knew like what you know you knew how how it went emperor then vader then luke and like and, and it was borne out and like you didn't think that uh that Luke was holding back and he could have defeated Vader and Empire. He wasn't like, it was so clear. And this, it just, it, you know, it, it makes the, it makes you not care about them banging the lightsabers. Because they saved like the thing for the end where he actually says the lines of like, we were supposed to be friends. Like, yeah, yeah all right, fine. Bad writing or whatever. But you just spent 20 minutes boring me by hitting your lightsabers together before you got to that scene. You could have been doing that while you were fighting or in between. And because the choreography could have been more impressive in the, instead of having the visual effects come center, like the, some of the stuff makes no sense here. Obi-Wan takes like a tactical retreat onto like a pylon or something they're, like yeah, that. And then they jump onto, onto floating platforms. things. Well, they're robots. They're robots that are doing the work at the in the planet which makes it even dumber because apparently yeah i i, I was thinking that like flying droids with buckets seems like the least efficient way to do anything with <laughs> well and then what but, are the odds that the flying bucket and the other flying platform happen to stay within lightsaber yeah, range of each yeah, other for the yeah. next 20 yeah. minutes well, they, they want to see a good fight too so that, you know they're <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet but it's row. the it's the eight-year-old approach again like oh you know it'd be awesome yeah. over lava they're on platforms and they're fighting no, not, not just that it's 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 fight choreography done by whoever it is who's doing the video game design because can't you remember what was it? Episode two in which Amidala is doing that. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, in which uh, Padme is doing the thing where 
she 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 finds herself like in a Super Mario Land level yes. where she has to jump over the swing of thing, then duck down and then swing, Conveyor and then it's a left to right scroller thing. It's A-B-A-B. like that, that's the problem. Yeah, I'm surprised we don't get a Donkey Kong sound effect in here somewhere. <laughs> We've already had the Tarzan. Thing. So does anybody want to talk about uh, the tactical uh, high ground that you? I am now. I've got the high ground now, oh, yeah. Anakin. You know, like Darth Maul did that one time. Yeah, well, see, yeah, and, and they have like they have this whole 20 minute scene of lightsaber battle, and like they just didn't know how to end it. They're like, okay, well, this has to come to a conclusion somehow, and it's like I can't think of anything. So I'm just on a have hill. Them stop. Have them stop. Talk to each other. Establish a nonsensical premise that will lead to the final event, which will be that Obi Wan wins. Like they might as well have just said, okay, now the fight must end, and the script says I should win. So pl- you can cut off my limbs now. <laughs> they might as well have done that. It was right. so stupid. Yeah. And and, uh, and the <sighs> other thing that we should address, I want to talk about Yoda versus Palpatine, but we'll do that in a minute. The other thing we need to address here is the fact that. Uh, I don't really want to hurt you, but you're going to make me. But once I've cut off your legs and you're burning to death, I'm just going to take a walk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's the thing is like, I actually like Obi-Wan's speech. It's not the best. It's not well written, but it, there is an element of genuineness. And Ewan McGregor actually manages to convey yes, a certain amount of emotion that is entirely there. the acting, which is then completely ruined by the fact that he shows him no mercy. Yeah. And, lets right, him and, just, and just walks away. He's like, well, you were supposed to be my brother, but I'm not going to do anything to even ease your suffering in any way. Smell you later. The stupidity <laughs> of leaving the guy there to possibly survive and be turned into a semi-robot. <laughs> yeah, that, the the odds are so idea. low. Oh, Steve, <laughs> I, I I will say that I I did kind of buy that because there again you, you did mention that this is good acting on Ewan McGregor's part, but I did get the the sense that okay, well Anakin is dead, okay, he's gone, he's dead, I'm he's never going to come back. I now owe no allegiance to this Anakin shaped thing that's in front of me. But but still at the same time, it, it's just. There is an element of it that the Jedi are supposed to be bigger than that, right? And that's what mm-hmm. we want from Obi Wan. Is he's supposed to be the bigger right. man? I, th- I think the main thing is that that Anakin's character, as played by Hayden Christensen, always comes off as the younger person in the relationship. He always comes off as the whiny child, and he never he never sort of comes into his own and takes agency and becomes like a I am now actively working towards a goal counter to yours. It is always kind of like a big brother little brother relationship where you never truly believe like well now you've made your choice and now you've made your bed now you have to lie and it's like Anakin didn't make any bed he's just a confused stupid kid and that's why you can I can't buy like the the thing that Andy was saying was like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense that he would that he would say well now Anakin is dead you, you would still like the whole audience feels the whole time he's just a stupid idiot and doesn't have any idea what's going on and you well, never okay you but know, that but the stupid idiot really left the movie when he started killing kids oh yeah that's why that doesn't make sense either. But, but then, but then, what's the point of the whole "you were my brother, Anakin, I loved you" speech? I mean, if he's if he thinks Anakin's gone, then the the whole point of having that speech is pretty much out the window too. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that ever all this makes like really good tight sense. <laughs> I'm saying, I, whoa, I'm, whoa. I'm saying I'm, it's it's more like it really is like, and this is I think this is true of like all of us as we're talking about this movie. We really are trying to piece together the wreckage of an airplane and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what happened, <laughs> or we're or or actually better yet, I think it's more like an archaeological dig where we've got all these parts that we've dug up and we think they fit together this way, and we're trying to figure out. I know this is a mess of box of like rocks and springs we're looking at. But were they trying to make an astrolabe? Were they trying to make a, a calculator device? And we can each try to figure out what they did. For me, I feel as though the intent of what that scene was meant to do is 
just as uh, Obi-Wan said in uh, in episode four, that at that uh, – I'm sorry, episode five uh, in, in Empire. At the, well, at that point, by some, from a certain point of view, Anakin was dead and there was no coming back from that. I think um, – I keep thinking what – would have made Anakin or uh, uh, Obi Wan abandoning him better, and I, I rather a, a different a different movie that led up well, to it. Could, okay, could, okay, but no, could, I actually you know. think I think it, if if a a bunch of clones or whatever had been had arrived and were um, uh, shooting at him, right? Right. And, if it was any kind of like like that's why that's the worst thing. It's not so hard. Like you you're in a movie with war. Does it get the same thing with how Padme dies? It's so easy to kill people in a legitimate, believable manner, and yet they find these preposterous ways to kill major characters and have major plot points. Happen. Like it's not hard, people. I want Obi Wan to be under fire and not be able to finish the job and say maybe I'm sorry, Anakin, yeah, and and leave and leave him to the clones and know that he's yeah, not going to die shows and up. he's whole horribly right right palpatine shows up and he and he runs and and that's the end of it but instead it's much more like smell you later or I'm <laughs> out of here which is just so lame I or don't. at least think that he's dead like that's the other right. thing like if his like body like slid between the beneath the lava or something and right it's but like, then he would actually be totally dead no no we learned from the we learned from the core movie that he would float he right, would float yeah, on top of it for a while so a uh, yoda versus palpatine um, I wanted to say that this is so this is dumb. the scene that this is the scene that I kind of like this scene, and here's why mm. I kind of like it. It is the best use of the Senate chamber set <laughs> in uh. all three movies because after seeing the stupid Senate chamber for all the boring Senate things and mm-hmm. stupid Jar Jar giving speeches and all of that, in this in this scene, all those little floating balls get hurled around with the Force during a fight between Yoda and Palpatine. And I I took like the death of Newt Gunray, I took great glee in the destruction of the boring Senate chamber in the. <laughs> in the fight it's not much of a fight and it's sort of sad that yoda ends up crawling through like a ventilation duct in, in order in to pajamas. escape yeah uh, he's in his little yoda pajamas he's so yeah. cute yeah we've seen two fights at this point where the great master yoda frankly kind of blows at lightsabering he's he's completely failed to take down uh count dooku and now he completely fails to do anything against palpatine right well he didn't completely fail as other people pointed out he fights him to a draw by himself so it seems sure. like if he had one or two other people with him he would have the upper hand and they'd take care of this guy but then he crawls off with his tail between his legs yoda doesn't have a tail we never see yoda <laughs> win a lightsaber fight is what i'm saying if you're gonna show yoda doing lightsaber fights which i think is a bad idea to begin with have him win one. Yeah, he's supposed to be badass. Uh, it was a, it was more or less a draw. He didn't win, but yeah, like I don't. And the, the problem after that is his reaction is like, well, now I guess I have to go into exile. It's like you were so close. That was basically a draw, and you were by yourself. If only you had brought Obi Wan with you, but he had to go to Lava World. Well, Palpatine also was by himself. I should point out. Yeah. So it was pretty even technically. The whole thing is just, I don't know, I find it ridiculously silly. I find that the whole Senate chamber, I agree that the Senate chamber is ridiculous. Although this time, for the first time, as the, they ride the little chancellor platform upwards, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that is actually really unsafe. Like, what if he, the chancellor <laughs> fell off of that? There's a force himself. field, maybe. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of pointy things in the chamber. It's mm-hmm. also kind of ridiculous that they just somehow end up rising up through the floor. It's got a real Marx Brothers feel to it at that point. Well, you think that's good? It's the swinging on ropes during the Anakin Obi-Wan <laughs> fight that really got me. You're like, oh, that is swing on ropes. It's <laughs> They didn't make the Tarzan noise that time. Let, let's be honest. This is the Star Wars equivalent of the chase through the warehouse in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom Ooh. of the Crystal Skull, uh. right? It, other than the fact that Raiders of the Lost Ark is a treasure and Star and Star Wars Episode One is not. And so, but it is that. It is the wacky, slapsticky, overblown fight scene that demolishes a set that you know from a previous movie. It's the same thing. 
Because you have to also realize that they had to fix this whole Senate chamber because the Senate doesn't dissolve for like another, for another 20 years. years. Well, I think maybe the Senate just has to use the broken chamber for the next 20 years. And, and nobody's like, what happened here? Was our emperor involved in some sort of strange lightsaber battle? <laughs> Can we dissolve the Senate now? Nope. Nope. Got to keep senating. If your saucer was one of the ones destroyed, you have to sit on the bleachers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we also get the great mind-bending line, at an end your rule is, and not short enough it oh, was. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, like Lucas just lost track of how to make Yoda talk and not sound ridiculous. <laughs> I do like the scene where he walks in and the Imperial Guards are there. Again, a great instance of Palpatine having tailored those costumes for them already. They're ready to and go. And he just sort of yeah. dispatches them immediately. Right, they were they were so excited to finally get to wear them. Yeah, Jim, it's my first day on the job. Oh, this is pretty great. I like this helmet thing. Oh, God, I've been killed by Yoda. Break out the red outfits. Yeah, surprise. We have you know, tailors. Tailors. Oh, they're tailors. They've got <laughs> great red outfits. <laughs> it's oh, the right tailors. down the street from the cloner planet. So does anybody wonder, to jump back to... Uh, Anakin Palpatine. Does anyone wonder why Palpatine bothers to save him? I mean, he's mostly dead at that point. It's like you can just uh, he, get another one. He made him out of midichlorians. It's his, he's his guy. That's his son, dude. And now he's got all the power in the world over him because he's going to be this totally messed up uh, guy now. <laughs> also, oh. he's he's got he's got he's got a lot of power to manipulate the force. He's a good guy to have. Oh, also, again. A piece, a piece we sift from a much better movie. He actually legitimately likes him and sees Maybe so. sees in him something he can really cultivate. Also, I my tailors have designed this black suit that's really <laughs> yeah, awesome. Exactly. You don't find a minion this stupid every single day, man. Put him in uh, the medical capsule, and they put him in a medical that thing, and they tr- they like wheel him along, and it's a thing that's totally open to the elements. And I feel like he gets like rained on in one scene. I'm like, if this guy's been like half burned to death, I don't think you want to let him get rained on. Seriously, Anakin, I was just kidding about the younglings. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, we got we basically got a couple of scenes left to go, um, <laughs> and they're really tough. So we're gonna just here we go, here we go. Everything so, must go. So every for, reference that we don't. Have. So for reasons we can't explain, Padme has lost the will to live. <laughs> and the plot demands she dies. No, it's a reasons we can't explain we are losing her. If my if my medical robot says to me for reasons we can't explain we are losing her, I buy another medical New, robot. Yeah, because that robot is terrible. Oh come on though, that medical robot says uba. Uba. Yeah, the Uba in robot such a soothing way. Apparently, it doesn't know how to speak English, and then uses this giant spatula hand to scoop <laughs> out the baby. <laughs> That's like a it's like a, a see through Wii remote that it's got. <laughs> it's like a highlight thing. <laughs> Take that baby out and whip it against the wall really Highlight fast. Baby. So she dies of movie disease, basically, which is because yeah. she needs to die. She dies, which is in- incredibly stupid. Campbell's law for movie for for, for heroic dames. The dame has to die so that the hero seems to leave a little more corrupted by it. Chapter 12. It's right there. Black and white. Okay. Easy fix for this problem. <laughs> what if she had been slowly dying throughout the entire movie? Like, what if we find out in an early scene <laughs> that she has a fatal disease? She can be killed in the war that's going on with people with guns and lightsabers. If we set her up as, like, in the in the first scene, as, like, she's got this terrible disease or something, at least Anakin has legitimate yeah. reasons to do everything. It's like, she's actually dying. Not just, like, I had a dream about maybe her dying. Anakin could accidentally stab her when she's hiding behind a curtain. Anything <laughs> could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> But but that doesn't happen. It's that's really frustrating. Um, but she does she does have the droid midwives deliver uh, a baby girl and a while baby boy, everybody is watching it, which is super creepy. Yeah, <laughs> Bail Organa, Yoda, and Obi Wan are all standing outside a transparent transparent window, just like checking it out. She has the 
the mecha modesty skirt, though. Yeah, yeah, what is with the delivery room with the uh, the one way glass? It, it looks totally comfortable. That's that's. I'm sure any woman would love to deliver while sitting on a metal slab with a metal chain thing covering. It's just you know, movie Long crazy time movie ago, modesty. Galaxy far, far away does not look comfortable. I don't even think uh, she can get her legs far enough apart to squeeze a baby out. Also, how does nobody figure out that she's having twins before this yeah, point? I was saying, Once again. Their OB technology sucks. They keep returning to a singular baby. And yet when two show up, they're not too surprised. But it's like... She like, has names for both of them ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was if if it's a boy, it's going to yeah, be... Yeah, and of course, they couldn't Luke. tell that either. She wanted to be surprised. It's a girl. It'll be Leia. Oh, it's both. Yay. Oh, I've got to die now. But I gave them <laughs> my names before I died. Now i got to die. <laughs> Uh, fortunate, which just it, it is. This is this is like the height of movie. This is like, I mean, like babies being delivered in movies is not a great track record. They're often <laughs> very large and you know six months old and all of these things, and they come come out in like a minute. Per- they're perfectly clean. Okay, but Lucas has all of the CGI in the world at his disposal. Couldn't he have done something? It would have been. It would not have been clean. Don't, enough don't encourage him. him to make CG babies. That. They do that on Children of Men, I think. Yeah, all, all the CGI in the world can't fi- fix the script, though, and that's the problem here, is that we, she needs to die, and there's no good reason for her to die. And no, so she just dies of reasons. Sad. They just didn't well, choose they didn't, them. You yeah. can kill her in so many ways. You Instead, don't she's need her to die sad. inexplicably. She dies of being sad. She's got her babies, but that's not that good enough. She's sad, so she dies. But fortunately, Jimmy Smits and his wife will take the girl. Not Honey, that, I'm home, and I brought you that baby not that you've always wanted. Boy, but they'll take the girl. <laughs> Boy, it would be crazy if there had been an accidental switch. Mm, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> so, um, the, I, I got you there. I got you. Uh, thank you. So she gets to be, so so let's get this straight. Leia gets to go to Alderaan. Beautiful. We get to see beautiful Alderaan. Don't buy real estate there. <laughs> and um, and uh, gets to be a princess and be awesome on Alderaan. Whereas I will take the boy to Tatooine where he will be in the sand and fixing crap. Tatooine's no place for a woman. Now, did, did he call ahead? Because I'm not even sure they've got a space phone in their little Tatooine. I, I feel bad hobble. for Owen and Baru, because what if they wanted to have their own kids? And I was like, oh, we were going to have our own kids. We're kind of of the right age, but now I guess we got to take it. And it seems like they never do have their own kids, as far no. as we can tell. It well, it's like he just he shows up with the baby tucked into his robe, and he's like, hey, Baru, I got something for you. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go Surprise. into too much detail about why I'm bringing you this baby, but here. No, nothing to worry about. Very little chance that this little tyke might someday cause you to be torched alive in your little sand igloo here. <laughs> I like that Jimmy Smith is totally like, uh, so we got two kids. Dibs on the girl. I'll take it. Yep. We'll take the uh, girl. Also, sending, sending Luke to his family under his own name. I read a yeah. theory a while back about like how Obi-Wan just totally uses Luke as bait for Darth Vader. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to put him out here with his family. We're going to leave him called Luke Skywalker. We're just going to sit around and wait for your Darth Vader to show up and kill this kid. And it's yeah, like it's hiding it's, in plain well, sight. It's it's the it's the 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 first off they tell him uh, the Emperor tells him that he killed her. Okay, that is actually cool. I like that. That is one bit that I like, is I like that the Emperor lies to him and tells him that you killed him, because I feel like that is a great capper. But he said, but again, he, I don't like it because he's being duped again. It's like, well, he knows that he didn't actually kill her. She was alive when he left, and he's like, but I guess I accidentally killed her and couldn't tell, because like, of course you could tell if you killed her. You, you didn't kill her. She was. He doesn't know that she's that she was alive when he left. Yeah, I mean, he, she she he, he, he choked her into unconsciousness. And I know, she but he head. has the force. He can tell when she's dead or not. No. It's the woman he no one with the force can tell anything in this movie, John. Well, no, no, no. The force does not do that because we see Obi-Wan actually take her pulse at one point. Yeah, but they also, the force always lets, them, lets the Jedis put their hands on the heads of people who are injured and make them better. Obi-Wan does it in A New Hope. It gets done a couple times here in this movie. There's all sorts of head padding. To, uh. I don't, it just doesn't, it, it's another example of, of him being duped. 
And, and I think that's okay. Make- I think I think that's okay. Again, in that different movie, I think that's okay because it sort of completes his transition. Like now, there is nothing left for him, you know. And so we've got that story, which comes from the Emperor. But meanwhile, Obi Wan and Yoda have crafted this other story, which is we are we're going to hide the boy in plain sight on Tatooine, and. Uh, Obi-Wan's going to be nearby, but not train him or do anything other than hang out. <laughs> BT dubs. Remember Liam Neeson. Oh, well, well, hold on, hold on. Okay, so, so, um, so, and, and meanwhile, there is another, right? So we've got her stashed away somewhere else. Um, but then before Yoda goes, he says, he says, Qui-Gon has figured out how to become a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> You should talk to him about it. It's totally cool. Yeah, it's awesome. What the heck even was that? Because that, like, well, that's like our our. So that's how Obi Wan talked to Luke all along. He learned it from the Ghost of Qui Gon. They have three movies and they didn't show that anywhere. And it's like, well, we know in the original trilogy, there's all sorts of ghost talking from Ben. Uh, and if it, they have three movies to either establish that as a normal Jedi thing yeah. or make it a special thing, and they waited to the last thirty seconds of the third movie. They actually talk about that. Like when Episode One came out, I remember reading an interview where he's like, oh yeah, you see Qui-Gon dies, but you still see his body. We're going to explain why he doesn't join the Force like Obi-Wan does. And like, I remember waiting for that. And they literally shoehorn it into the last two minutes yeah. of the movie and don't even yeah. really explain it. It's no. hilarious. It's just one of those things that did not need an explanation. No. no. Well, just just like that missing planet that you know they went into the Jedi library to find oh, out right. about. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Camino. How? Do, why did they erase that? Well, you know, it was a computer error. But anyway, well, at this um, point, we don't have any intern. young youngs to ask the answer. No, from no. So, so, so Qui Gon, who we've never heard from or seen, is apparently still talking to Yoda and has become a ghost. Clone Wars, yeah, not to, but not to his apprentice, who I think we established right. he hates at the in the first. Film. <laughs> yeah. So they leave. So they leave the droids in the care of uh, of the captain. Wiping 3PO's mind. Well, they have have Padme's funeral, where she's very creepily holding the thing a child Anakin gave her, and we're supposed to feel like this is a romantic sign of loss. (laughs) It just made me think about the creepy age difference again. I didn't (laughs) want to think about that. I always think that that close-up is, hey, look, we've made her look pregnant so that no one thinks she's had the baby. That is what it is, yeah. (laughs) Wait, that doesn't make any sense. And we see Jar Jar at the funeral, and we're reminded that it's all Jar Jar's fault. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. The droid thing. Why wipe only 3PO's brain? R2-D2, like, laughs at it. Yeah, no, it is like, R2-D2 can't talk. He just does those bleeps and bloops that no one except for every protocol droid in the universe can understand. Exactly. R2 might be important. I just like the idea that R2-D2 spends the rest, like, the next 20 years griefing C-3PO about, remember that time we did? Oh, you wouldn't remember, (laughs) would you? If if, if R2-D2 could roll his eyes, they would be constantly rolling. It's just like, (laughs) oh, 3PO. I feel like he says hee-hoo a lot in the next couple of years. Poor Captain Antilles. Two last things to do. Okay, first off, we need to we need to address. Not only does the emperor say, "In your anger, you killed her," but uh, we get to hear James Earl Jones ask uh, about about Padme uh, in the famous Darth Vader oh, voice, God. and yes, then we get the dot, and then we get the moment, which is after he discovers that Padme is dead. Darth Vader, badass <laughs> villain of the universe, says, "No." It's not complete without the stumble out of his little his little prison table. Oh yeah, he breaks out all Franken- Frankenstein's monster style. He totally he, Frankenstein's. Yeah. yeah. I see. Here's the thing. I thought it would be so much cooler if we saw it like a primitive version of his armor, like not yes. having him just uh-huh. become like I'm Darth Vader. Remember me? But like like you own, you own my action figure. Remember that? Yeah. Tailors. Yeah. They had the would have been awesome. suit and the mask and the stuff all ready to go, unless they've got like some 3D printers in the back or something. 
or that's a standard mask and there are like eight guys who've got breathing problems using <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Uh, yeah, that's just a sleep apnea mask. It's this cool. is another place where I, 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 I wish to myself that the prequels hadn't sucked so bad because the shot of the mask sliding into place and the breathing starting up would have been really, really great. I agree. If this film had been done. If it had been earned. Yep. It wasn't. wasn't. I think I wrote wrote in my notes, that's the capper, man. Like, it's the point where it's like, this really happened. This is actually how this all played out. This is actually canon. Ugh. Uh, I drink the entire bottle of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of the no No! drinking game, is after you see the scene, just drink until you pass out. (laughs) Well, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the scene the scene this movie ends with is the real capper to to the movie was the appropriate end. But I I, I just I, I just remember like exactly right in that when I was in that theater again rewriting the movie as you go. But this was almost like a painful thing to watch. Like that's not what happens. He doesn't yeah. go. No, <laughs> no it's like not. if you really want to. You're not my Vader. If you, <laughs> if you really want to set him up for episode four, he pauses for a second and then says good. Oh, that would be pretty oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. See? But no, because then he's Darth Vader. And, and this is my, from my opening statement, this is not, this is not Darth Vader. And in 20 years of, of going around and kicking around because he got fooled into doing this and his wife died and now he's trapped in this suit. Right. I just don't feel like that, the, the glee that Darth Vader brings to being the enforcer of the Emperor's will across the galaxy and strangling people for displeasing him. I just I have a hard time drawing a line from this guy to that guy. It doesn't exist. Exactly. An- Anakin never grows up. Anakin never becomes an adult. He is always the little kid, the little brother, the kid who like he never becomes fully adult, and the and he just replaces one authority figure with another. He never becomes Darth Vader. He he really is like that kid in that Volkswagen Super Bowl ad. That's what I really think. Like <laughs> yes he yes he's dressed like yes he's dressed like Darth Vader, but he's not Darth Vader. Yeah, that's cute, honey. That's cute, honey. Like I like your Darth Vader costume. That, that kid had more gusto than this Vader. <laughs> it's really more like the kid who got crushed by the flat screen TV. <laughs> Can I mention the uh, creepy Tarkin stand-in at the yes, end there, please. too? Because oh, yes, yeah. please. Because so the, uh, the the other scene we've got is we've got the Darth Vader on the ship, and we've got the guys and they're out in their Death Star outfits, and we see the structure or the frame of the Death Star being built. It took twenty years to build that thing, but only a couple of minutes to blow it up. <laughs> um, and there's a weird. There, I thought it was a guy who's supposed to put you in the mind of Tarkin, but they made up a guy to look like Peter Cushing. They made well, him up they, a they lot. Tried. They look like Peter Cushing's corpse, maybe well, like a CGI <laughs> model, rubber well, model. They could have saved a lot of time then. I I was really curious about it, so I googled this guy, and I'm like, he looks nothing like him. And but there's all these pictures online of like the tar- like an actual promo shot of him as Tarkin. He's not identified as such in dialogue, only in the credits. He appears yeah. for what ten seconds? Maybe. Look at all the time they spent making him up to look like a character, just so we can have that link. Remember those movies you love? Yeah. And so between that, Darth Vader standing on the bridge of a Star Destroyer equivalent, uh, the Tantavive 4, like, you know, the scene in there, we have all these things that are like, all right, we're wrapping it up. Let's get everything back. And then the capper, which is we're going to stand on Tatooine in the exact same spot that Luke will stand 20 years from now. No, they're not going to stand on Tatooine. This this is why it was the capper. Uh, Binary Sunset was outdoors. This looks for all the world like they're in front of a green screen. But it's it's the transparent attempt to call back yes. to the best scene in the entire trilogy. Oh, yeah. No, they're trying to do that, but I think it's emblematic of, like, they took a scene that was, like, one of the most naturalistic scenes yeah. of A New Hope, right? Where it was actual someone in, in you know, wherever it was, Tanzania uh, the or actual whatever, binary standing outside Tunisia, yeah. on location, <laughs> and they said, how can we rekindle that magic? I know. 
Green screen. <laughs> no, that's not how you do it. So basically, they, they <laughs> effed it up to the very last drop. But you can see what they're trying to do here, right? This is your montage of memories from the beginning of Star Wars, and we're going yeah, to no, wrap it up. It, and I, I just... could totally see Luke on Tatooine with Binary Sunset as the last so- shot of the movie. You know, very early on, they're like, that's the last shot of the movie. We just have to get there. It shouldn't be too hard, right? It'll be okay. We can <laughs> right. get there, right? We did so well with the first two movies. We got this one, right? Close your eyes. Think of Star Wars. <laughs> it's just so it's so ham-fisted is especially the thing for me. And I, and I don't understand why they did green screen. Like, they had location shooting there, didn't they? They for, they left and oh, forgot yeah. to get that shot. Oh, crap. We forgot to put that one in the schedule. Oh, we'll just do it in post. And I don't, I don't know if it's all green screen. I think some of it may be location, but there are definitely shots in that that for all the world look like they're in front of a green screen because they're lighting. Well, there's no totally way they got off. Lucas out the Tunisia again. No, my understanding that. was that they shot those scenes during the shooting of episode two, two in Tunisia. Yeah. They just they knew yeah. those scenes really? were going to be in there and they dropped them in. Yeah. But, but it doesn't. It, it, it fails. And, it fails. It fails on so many levels. It's a microcosm of it, fail. It's, that's what I said. It's emblematic of the failings of, of, of in this. You know, not just the plot failings, but this is emblematic of the aesthetic failings of the movie with all the the CG unnecessary CG and people in front of green screens and failing to evoke emotions by doing something in a way that is not naturalistic. Yeah, we think we can. Know. We think we can improve upon what is natural by like carefully controlling every single element that goes into it to make a perfect thing right but whereas what was great about the original in some way were its flaws were its natural like the things that were limitations of the time that meant that they had to find workarounds that would that's what made that one succeed when it turns out when you can control the entire environment everything feels sterile and dumb well let's see if they could do it better if they could make it so i thought they were on location more power to them but they couldn't they, could, they didn't pull it off, right? It's like, I don't mind them trying to say we're never going to get this perfect magic hour sunset, so we'll make one up. If you can convince me that they're really there, I'll buy it. But if you can't convince me, don't do it. Just shoot them on location. You just got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do to... Uh, anyway, this, this is such a minor point in a movie that has so many major things wrong with it. But it's just like one little stab. It's like, by the way, we can screw up scenes in, in big ways and small. And here's just one little sharp poke with a stick before we leave. Never have I been less excited to hear the jaunty Star Wars end music than at the end of episode three. <laughs> yeah. Yay, it's over. And I, and I kept thinking, ugh, just like, ugh, why did I, that's well, it? you spent the last hour and 20 yeah. minutes being punched in the face yeah. with, with no respite <laughs> of any kind. When you're praying for stupid C-3PO puns. I know, I know. You know you've been ruined That completely. is bad. That's a bad place to be. I felt mm-hmm. I felt dirty, but I did actually wonder where the terrible C-3PO puns were. Or Anthony Daniels. Like I said, I checked out after episode two, so I spent all of episode three pretty much checked out. And yeah. it's just like, it kind of rolls yeah. over me and just I wake up long enough to be angry about bad writing and stupidity, but it's just like, they they didn't do anything to make me like I remember watching this in the theater for the very first time and like I wasn't trying to be standoffish I wasn't being like oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to hate this like I'm I'm you know I'm paying to see the movie I'm willing to be to let the movie take me but it never even it never even made a little like tentative gesture towards my heartstrings and like it didn't even come close it was just like I mean, part of that is me, my, you know, hang ups part of that is the first two movies maybe being unfair to it but just like looking at the movie again Without all those hangups, I felt like it still didn't grab me. Like I said, the closest it got was maybe like the opera scene where you see some good performances. And then, as Andy said, we just spend the rest of the movie making your own movie in your head that would have been better than this. Yeah. The weird thing for me is that it didn't even like episode one. I'm, I actually liked, but I realized that I, I, I admit this outright. So much of that fondness is because of nostalgia. 
with episode three, it wasn't even value to me as a nostalgia piece. It was this. This wasn't Star Wars. This wasn't. These weren't characters that I really liked, and I couldn't even really evaluate this as bad storytelling. It's like you hear that. You hear the that the the line that this this is so wrong. It's not even wrong. It's how that's how not right this is. Uh, do does anybody want to place this? Among the sequel, among the the prequels, it, it, where does this one rank? What what's the what's the best and the worst? I mean, there is this common thought out there that uh, this is the somehow the best of the of the prequels. Uh, I know we've heard no, some some that. some no opi- opinion here. I I'll I'll go first and I'll say you know what for all the terrible things about Episode One, I think kind of that Episode One is the best one only because in some ways it's not as offensive. It is a dumb kids movie the family movie but you know it's got the the and the pod race goes on too long but the i can i can actually like recall what happens in episode one and it's got some things that are okay and it and it's got some things that are bad and that like groundwork for worse but in the grand scheme of things having revisited all of them now i kind of think it's the least offensive of the bunch it also has the benefit of being the one that you can completely separate from star wars in your mind yeah really Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can I can separate all three of them, but it's even more so. Like I said, because yeah. the child the child Anakin doesn't even connect with the adult Anakin, so it's like this no, whole it's other thing world. that took place in a movie that happened to have lightsabers. I, I can go I can go better than that. And that the I, it's, I think that Episode One is my favorite of the three, and I think it's actually again I, I actually enjoyed it partly because even if we divorce it completely from Star Wars, I can name a bunch of scenes that I absolutely love. Like the opening scenes where if you, we we see Qui Gon and uh, and Anakin, uh, Anakin and Obi Wan for the first time, and they are absolute. Badass Jedi, which we have never seen. We've we we're used to the elderly. Well, we don't give in to hatred. Now we're going to think very carefully, and it's like no, they're badasses who will plunge a lightsaber through a three foot three foot what uh, thick door and carve a hole in it to get at the people on the other side of that door. The 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 battle between uh, between our guys and uh, and Darth Maul. I again it's, it's kind of it's kind of silly to have these barriers that drop down really for no mechanical reason but you realize that wow this is like furious a furious hand-to-hand battle that has to stop and you have you see these two groups of people that like are like caged tigers just like waiting for this barrier to drop so that they can start fighting again. It had it had moments like that where I could say I really enjoyed those scenes. Even the art direction, I, I like the whatever they shot in Italy, all those interiors and and exteriors of uh, Naboo it, that it's all that Italian architecture that it feels those felt like real spaces and were kind of interesting to look at in a way that in the later movies it's all just digital you know, imaginary digital worlds with people dropped into backdrops. And and I, I don't want to say too much positive about episode one. I don't think it's a good movie. I didn't really like it. I think I think it could have been edited much better, but um compared to the other two. Anyway, what what other people think? Where does episode three rank among the the prequels? That's better than episode two, that's for sure. Mm. I'm oh, having trouble placing yeah. it with episode yeah. two because like I found episode three I found them both very forgettable. But if you force me to watch either episode two or three again, I would probably maybe it's just because I just saw three. I would probably pick two to be forced to watch it. Like I don't like uh, either one of them, but it's like would if you had to pick if some let's leave episode one aside for a second to just rank two and three against each other. Someone said you have to watch one of the prequels, uh, and it's like six months from now, so you didn't just watch this one. Which one would you choose to watch, two or three? 
too, because you can just kind of zone out. <laughs> Guys, I don't like sand. Uh, <laughs> I know, but this this had the same terrible lines Creepy of the Anakin. Love scene. There was a time that I would have said too, uh, because I really liked the the Camino stuff. But when we rewatched it, the Camino stuff doesn't look doesn't look as good now as it did back then. Now it looks just kind of crappy. But I, I get back to what Steve was saying that like the, the second half of this movie is just just. Entertainment it's free. Yeah. It's not. It's not yeah. entertaining. I don't care yeah. about exactly. Grim. I love exactly. Grim. I love dark Grim things. No, I watch this is this is isn't Grim and gritty in a good way. This is just it is Grim. Just it's a death march it's like, to watch yeah. it. Yeah. It's not entertaining because I don't. It, uh, grim things only work if you're like if you're caught up in it. You're like, oh, this is terrible. Like if you like that type of thing, but if you're not caught up with it, it's just not entertaining. There's nothing there to entertain you. It's a tough call, but I suspect I would I would probably go with three as preferable. Because even though I don't enjoy watching it, especially that last hour or so, there's at least it changes up periodically. Where episode two is just video game sequence after video game sequence after video game sequence, yeah. and here With there's at least dialogue. a little bit of change in tone, a little bit of change in pace. I don't enjoy any of it, but episode two, honestly, it makes me avert my eyes at certain points <laughs> because I'm just so tired of seeing the CGI thrust at me constantly. Creepy Anakin. I, I was. I think I was, I was thinking of episode two. What do I, What would I ever want to see again about episode two? Like, why would I possibly pick that over three? This Coliseum scene has them running away from monsters for a yeah. little bit. I'm trying to think in in, epi- <laughs> in episode three. What do, What do I scene do I have that I want to see again? Maybe the space battle. Find a good thing about the movie, and you get a ram chip. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the space battle. I'd want to see ships flying around because I like the ships. But it's like anyway. All this is to say that that I would probably put episode one above it too because I can think of two things in episode one that I want to see again: the lightsaber battle in which no one speaks and is a good lightsaber <laughs> battle. It's well, well choreographed, and I guess I like the pod race. You know, again, not a lot of dialogue, and they race around circles. And the rest of the movie is execrable. And yeah, that's. I would probably say episode one is first, and then two and three are in a dead heat for second. But I would never watch any of these. I, I think. Again. I think what I'd say is episode two has some better stuff in it than three, but it also has some really, Name really, it. really terrible <laughs> stuff in it. Well, um, I, I like. I said I like the rain, the rain planet yeah, scene a lot. That was yeah. good. I think the Coliseum with the monsters part is okay. Um, then of course all the Jedi. <laughs> show up and it's stupid and we've but, also got c-3po cracking jokes in the middle of a battle oh scene. my god that is so bad but so this is what i'm saying is i think there's i think there's better and worse stuff in two than in three whereas in three i look at it and i'm just like meh you know it's what, milk toast what what do i want to go back and watch in episode three and i i can't even i can't pick out a single thing i agree with you on episode one though it's not depressing and it's not entirely boring which puts it above both of the other films for me yeah Unlike us, if you are not required to watch these movies as some sort of strange <laughs> yeah. podcast torture experiment by yeah. an evil mastermind, uh-huh. then you don't Thanks, have to Jason. watch these ever again. And neither true. do I. I never have to watch these ever again either. Th- this is what I was going to say is good news, everybody. You never have to watch the prequels Woo-hoo. ever burned alive. again. Yeah, that's my goal. Well, when The Force Awakens, it is going to have one hell of a hangover, is all I have to say. <laughs> Whoa, what was the last 20 years about, guys? Jeez. I don't remember anything after the Ewoks. <laughs> I blacked out after the Ewoks. That's what it. was in that blue milk? The thing that I alluded to in the, in, the, in the preamble to this, I have one really good thing to thank Episode 3 for. Because when, we've, when, we're, when we schedule this... I had a dim memory that maybe I might have bought episode three on DVD, like at a used DVD sale or something. Me too. 
I bought and it. So, I bought it used uh, like five years ago, and it just sat. <laughs> and exactly, it's like it's not. It's not as. And I, I distinctly remember I might have bought it, but then never watched it. I just bought it because okay, for five bucks I will have it. And so I looked through like my DVD collection, couldn't find it. Then looked through that box that I have of DVDs that never made it onto the shelf, and then finally made it to well. I, I, I think there's like a box full of kind of DVDs from stuff from my last move, like, you know, like eight years ago uh, or whatever, whenever it was, uh, you know, you're cleaning up or just things go into boxes. Finally, fi- OK, there it is. Fi- oh, there, there that, that must be. It. Here's like episode Star Wars, like DVDs. Oh, wow. It's still in shrink wrap, just as I thought. What I found and I would not have found these because they were, they were all the way in the garage unless I was searching for episode three was. I totally forgot that I'd bought on DVD during like the 13 days it was available for sale the actual uncut the actual theatrical releases of episode 4 5 6 on DVD paired with the restored editions and improved editions but I had been like I uh, it must have, I must have like been really busy when I bought these. I I never even opened them, and not, and now I have on my media server copies of the theatrical releases of the Holy Trilogy that I would not have had I not been searching for Episode Three. You got the gout. So. Yeah, George's uh, George's original unaltered trilogy. That's what that's called. You that you found there. G O U T. I, I like Holy Trilogy. I think it's more respectful, yeah. more more reverent. I would I would recommend that if you. Uh, People always ask me what they should watch for the Star Wars movies, and they're like, what should I buy or whatever? I say, buy whatever you want to buy. Buy the Blu-rays or whatever so you feel like you have morally fulfilled your obligation to give money to the people who made these movies, and then go download Harmony's the Specialized Edition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's what I keep in my, you know, if I want to watch Star Wars, that's what I watch. And I have bought all of the plastic discs with these things on them many times over. So I feel my obligation to uh, Lucasfilm, whatever the owners are, is more than fulfilled as I buy these movies again and again. Uh, but I don't watch them. But Harmies to Specialized is the way to go. They, they yeah. look the they're the best looking uh, and it, an incredible technical job to put them all together based on all these different sources and color corrected. And it is the closest you're going to get to the original uh, idea of what the trilogy is supposed to be um, at the highest quality. And uh, yeah, that's that's the yeah. problem with the gout ones is they're not great quality. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the Harmies, it's they they're taking Blu-ray sources and HD TV broadcast Th- sources. Thirty five millimeter film Thir- prints of yeah, it, laser disc all, all yeah. of these different sources and putting them together and actually in in you know, all those sources in the same shot, matting things out and occasionally you'll see a light uh, or you know, you get the uh you get the sand speeder, the land speeder going by and like parts of it are fuzzier than other parts of it. But, but, it, but that's what it looked like in the original. It looked uh, yeah. awful and it looked like they smeared Vaseline underneath it. Yep. It was not they, good looking I think in they the original did. Of Yeah, they, they did. But it's uh that's the way to go. God Definitely. bless you obsessive nerds on the internet. I know, it's amazing. That's the that's what the internet's about. It's a, well, your brain rebels against it. I mean, I do. I also have the, the I also have the the fixed you know, the, the special editions. But every time I am not even capable of judging it critically because every time something happens in episodes four, five, and six that I do not remember happening for the twenty years in which I saw the classic edition, the brain says, "Wait, that's wrong. That's that, that didn't happen that way." And so whatever yep. you have to do to get the theatrical release is worth whatever you have to do to get it for me. We're giving you carte blanche, Internet. <laughs> yep. We forgive you. Yes. Do what you must. Do it. I can think of no better way to end this opus, this this adventure we've taken through 
all six existing Star Wars movies just in time for a seventh to arrive this December. I don't know what we're going to do about that, but uh, probably talk about it. Stay tuned for 18 consecutive hours of a telethon about <laughs> our, our new seven. subcast, Jason. The Force Awakens subcast coming in There's December. There's absolutely no way this one's going to suck. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> this Thanks, time for Steve. sure. This time for sure. <laughs> this time for sure. They should have called this it This one that. can't possibly suck. So thank you to my fellow adventurers, Andy and Nutko. It's been a pleasure. Oh, God, that was fun. Steve Lutz, thanks for taking this journey through the prequels, especially with us. At an end, this podcast is, and not short enough, it was. Uh, Serenity Caldwell, a pleasure as always. Thank you for for talking about all these Star Wars movies with me. Yippee! (laughs) (laughs) That's a good trick. (laughs) Dan Morin, thank you very much. Uh, The pain is slowly subsiding, finally, after these many years. (laughs) John Syracuse, thank you. I was thinking just to be safe, there should be no couches in episode seven. Mm. No couches. <laughs> that would make me feel more comfortable. And anyway, for the incomparable, I've been Jason Snell into exile. I must go. Failed, I have. We'll see you next time. Getting <laughs> yep, wow. nope. Hi, chat room. Hi, live stream. Nobody says yub nub in this movie. Oh, hey. There's no yub nub in this movie. That's one no of its. Uh, um, it's not a very happy movie. What's one there's of the great no, there's no nothing in this Oh, movie. my God. We have 93 people listening. What? Yeah. That's crazy. What up, my dead young youngs? <laughs> what up? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll, oh, yeah, we'll get there. What up, my young youngs? Not you. Not you. But what are we going to do? Yeah. I, I, I have things to say about that line reading. <laughs> oh, my God. I have so many things. So I'm going to save it for the things. podcast, though. I'm, wow, I'm keeping my fury up and, up and angry because I just finished I just finished watching this at 2x speed so that we could be ready for the podcast because mm-hmm. I had a meeting oh. that ran long. And then her head exploded. Less ponderous at 2x. No. 2x is actually makes it better. 2x yeah, is great. <laughs> it's pacey that way. Yeah. Well, it's like it Wait, takes all of Dawson's the scenes. Creek? It's Dawson that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, was, he should have played oh. Anakin. It's Dawson and Tacey that way. Uh, yeah, I would have watched that. That was the rumor, right? you know. Like he was oh, one yeah. of many rumored people. I know. That was the Every I young the actor. That was the, the rumor Did I like it? the second best. River Phoenix, I like the best. And yeah. Was right, was River Phoenix dead by that point? <laughs> yes, he yeah. was. He but still. He would have emoted more than Hayden Christensen. Right. You got it. He could have played a young young. He could have been. Practical couches? Are those like tactical high grounds? They are. They're very similar. Well, that's it. On either of them. None uh, of us have to watch I'm the prequels use ever. Litmus test after mm-hmm. after episode seven to say, was there ever a scene where people sat on couches and talked to each other and they showed shot this person, that person, this person, and they just did exposition on a couch? Like I can't imagine that happening. Like it just doesn't seem like why would you? It, it, the the worst you can get is maybe a scene with someone sitting at a desk and someone standing, but at least there's a power dynamic there. It's not like we will now sit on couches and talk to each other. It's like they're setting up a clip on a talk show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Anakin, Anakin you want to set up this? Because next, there's a sense of anticipation. Do we have a clip? 
anticipation. Is there a clip? Yeah. Well, they said the clip. Well, I don't know what the clip Senator is. Senator Palpatine, as you all know, is actually Darth Sidious. Now, I'm going to go confront him along with Mace Windu. I did not see that coming. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's impossible. No! <laughs> and at the end of the movie, Nick Fury recruits Mace Windu to join the Avengers. It's a trap! <laughs> I think Mace Windu may be the dumbest of the Jedi. But that's from watching this movie at 2X, Serenity. That is why your head hurts. Well, that was three three hours. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. That's about right. But it is a classic, and people love listening to these. And uh, Somehow. I, I was and just now taking we're part we, this for, for the healing. We, I feel as though a, a great weight has lifted out of me. We still have 71 listeners out there. It's amazing. Thank you to everybody who listened through the, the three-hour marathon. You never have to watch the prequels again either. Uh, it's all good from here, right, Steve? It's all good let's, from here. Let the healing begin. This the is probably healing. a good time to mention that n- none of you are going to win anything for having sat through the entire thing. Nope. What? Sorry, guys. What? That's the That's only the reason I was doing it. <laughs> I like not my not my Vader. I think is my favorite. Not my Vader. I think is yeah. yeah. Not my Vader. Or you're not my Vader. That those are both. <laughs> That's like a, like a, you know not Penny's boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. We need the, the you need a new album art, Jason. Write this on your hand and and go underwater. Yeah, and a picture. Of not my Vader. Saying, not my Vader. We could. It could be a meme. Not all Vader's. It could be a meme. Oh, not without my Vader. Sally Sally Field in a Lifetime movie. Not without my daughter. I'm with you, Steve. <laughs> After three hours and twenty minutes. <sighs> Why do we oh both remember Not Without My Daughter, Steve? Because Why it was that? awesome. It was like, there's been a million of those movies. Why do we remember that one? A dingo Sally ate your baby. That's you don't get right a name one. like Not Without My Daughter every day of the week. Two a Sally Oscar Field. Winner. What about yeah, of course Mo- it was. Mother May I Sleep With Danger? That was a good one, too. <laughs> Riding the bus with my sister? And the answer is no, you may not sleep with danger. <laughs> but no. mom! But mother... You're grounded, thank, damn it. Thank, spelling. You for, thank you for asking and using proper grammar. And by the way, I don't want danger coming around here again, even if he does bring a wrist corsage. Now, be, <laughs> now before asking that, did she say, mother, can I sleep with danger? Well, mm. yes, and you said, can. I don't know. If can you? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, mother, may I sleep with danger? No. no. That's better. <laughs> Not until you get better grammar. What up, my young youngs? <laughs> 